0: Today's episode is brought to you by DNA Sports Training. If you or someone you know wants to take their game to the next level, then hit up DNA Sports Training. Visit DNASportsDenver.com to book a training session. We offer specialized sports training from football to track and field and everything else in between. Whether you're an offensive or defensive lineman wanting to get better off the ball, or you're an athlete wanting to improve your speed and agility, we have something for you over at DNA Visit DNA Sports Denver dot com right now to book a session and sign up. Yeah. What up, baby? We're back again. What up? How's it going, brother?
1: Man, a long time no see. I feel like it's been forever since we did this. Uh, shout out though, you know. Hey, shout out for getting it together. Happy, happy
0: first year. Happy Fourth of July. Happy one year anniversary to this great, great podcast that we do here.
1: Happy birthday, America.
0: Happy birthday, America. Happy uh, one year anniversary to all of our listeners out there um you know we truly appreciate all of you it wouldn't be what it is today without you um, but it could be a lot better with you as well so make sure you share like comment subscribe on all everything we have
1: yo I'll, I'll i'll tell you right now dude i'm super excited to we we came we set a lofty lofty goal um back when we first when we first launched this uh in terms of downloads and, and streams and listeners and um man we we damn near hit it I ain't gonna lie we came a little short and that's fine still still equated into thousands and thousands of downloads um when i look at that map of where the show's been listened to uh, it excites me to see all the different places this show's been listened to multiple countries um multiple states it's wild mm-hmm. it's wild to think and and when we when we first launched this i don't think we ever envisioned anything like that i think it was more so just um you know giving us a platform to, to express more of what we do and what we enjoy doing. And um, it's kind of evolved into something a little bit more. And just super thankful for it, man. Super thankful for you, uh, you know, keeping it up for the last, last year with me. And, uh, and pause. <laughs> <laughs> but um, He's good at that. But we're, we're very, very thankful, very, very thankful for, for the folks that we have um, vibing with us. And uh, today we got a special guest, man. Our boy uh, Frank Dardano, Coach Frank Dardano,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, brother from another mother, yes, sir. Sister from another mister, <laughs> whatever you want to call it. But uh, nah, Frank's a good dude, man. And we've been we've been vibing for a long time. So we you know we had to get him on a special version of the podcast.
2: Yeah.
1: And uh, no, no more more special version than the than the the one year anniversary of the of the of the whole deal.
2: Yeah, I uh, I joked on Facebook, they were uh, Vanessa Williams me, you know, save the best for last. But uh, <laughs> clearly this is not going to be the last episode because these dudes are killing it. Uh, you know, congratulations, guys, year. So, you know, podcast is kind of like, you know, the new hot thing. So many people are out there doing it. But uh, with that said, a lot of people ain't ma- making it a year. So uh, you guys got to pat yourselves on the back when, when the uh, kudos is due. So, uh, you know, and you guys had some really good people on. You guys have done – uh, we just talked uh, off air a second ago about you guys, uh, you know, live streaming the, uh, the Icon Boxing event. Yeah. You guys killed that. So, you know, I'm a fan. I'm extremely proud of you guys. And, uh, you know, I'm thankful to be on. You know, it's been a freaking year, so it's about time do. <laughs> Yeah. do. I, I, think- I was like, are these dudes ever going to invite me on? <laughs>
0: You know, like Coach said, it has to really be something special, right? And in life, we often don't give flowers to people when flowers are due. We often wait till it's too late, right? And you then don't. We say what these people mean to us or what these people do. Me personally, bro, I just want to say thank you because there's a lot of coaches that I look up to in the game and um, admire the way they coach the game but you are the guy who gave me my shot, mm. right? You know, you seen it in me before anybody else seen it in me. You called me up to the high school ranks, and it's been, you know, great ever since then. So first and foremost, thank you for that. Thank you for doing that and being that for many people, not just me. You know, there's a lot of people that we could think of mm-hmm. that you kind of brought up into the high school ranks. And and just for being a guy who, you know, knows a lot about the X's and O's and not, you know, quick to overlook some of the guys who are at younger levels and been coaching for years who also know the game, you give them that shout-out. So shout-out to you for that. So appreciate that.
2: Sure. And, uh, you know, I've even elaborated on that. And uh, I'll go go a little bit to, like, you know, my 9-to-5 job. And, uh, you know, I've been working at Denver Health for a long time, but, like, I rarely ever, uh, you know, give somebody's name out or whatever only because uh, if it doesn't work out, that looks bad on me, right? Mm -hmm. And so – Coaching now for this will be—I I, want to say this is your season twenty-one. I—I I, got to do the math, but yeah, I think it's season twenty-one. Um, you know, out of those years, don't be honest. I haven't really brought that many people up. Mm-hmm. Uh, there has been some some guys, but uh, only because um, you know, with if, if it doesn't work out, it you know that's a negative look on me. But also is you know, I don't want to bring somebody up around these kids that. is is going to you know who knows do something wrong around these kids or whatever but uh when you when you started like it was an immediate thing like dude this dude needs to be coaching high school so Mm -hmm. it wasn't like hey I want to you know bring Dominic up and show him the ropes and it's going to make me look good like you needed to be up there it was something that like it was inevitable if I didn't bring you up somebody else was going to so I had to like kind of hurry up and snatch you up and I know uh when we first did and uh you know, coach from bed, it was like, dude, Dominic's killing it. And wh- when he left at Thornton, he's like, I really wouldn't want to bring him because we saw what you did, you were doing with the youth uh, and uh, what you did for the, you know, the the youth Vikings and now what you're doing over here at Westy. So, yeah, kudos to you, man. And, you know, back to Al, man. We now go way back uh, uh, since we were wearing lumberjacks. With the uh, hats to match. That's
1: right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, you know, I – we we got stories just because we got to we were blessed to be able to play play with amongst each other, you know, um on some really fun teams and just growing up from the Skinner days to the North days and um there's there's nobody I've ever seen disrupt a game the way you did the first time you stepped on the field for North mm-hmm. and, and, and you know, it's our J V glory, the, the freshman year. But uh, you know, people people would would, would dog your stature but there's no denying the dog within your stature. Appreciate and, that. you know, you, you, made, you wreaked havoc constantly, and it got you caught up rather quickly because, you know, they couldn't stop you. And it's kind of hard to, you know, when, when someone gets underneath your pad level or just or just creeps by you, that's a, that's a very, very scary thing as an mm-hmm. offensive lineman or as someone that's just trying to uh, uh, bring some protection. And, uh, you know, you've always had the heart, man. You've always had the – I've always admired you as a coach, just the – the, the effort and time and, and literally, you know, years that you've put into no the profession. And, you know, we'll, we'll obviously we'll, we'll we'll go in depth with that. But I just, man, it's something that I've always admired of you, bro, because you, you've sacrificed a lot, a lot of time when it's just easier to do for ourselves, especially when we're younger. You mm. know, we're a little bit older in age these days. But when we're kids, man, it's easy for you to just say, fuck it, and I'm going to do what I do. Right. But um, to to jump on board, and I know you've had some great mentors in it, and it's just uh, we're grateful for you, man, and we're thankful to have you here, and you know we we wanted you to be part of the celebration um, for what we do because it's part of the inspiration.
2: Well, let's go, let's celebrate, let's let's do celebrate,
1: it. man. So what's
2: new? So uh, yeah, so listen, uh, clearly this is a uh, you know a coaches podcast, uh, DNA Sports. These guys do a lot with the youth coaches, so. And with that being said, June, the summer is a busy time for coaches. You guys know that, especially mm, yeah. football being around in the corner. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, June was packed for us. Uh, we had a uh, – a uh, we finished our padded camp. So we went down to CSU Pueblo. It was a four-day padded camp. We were down there with uh, – who are the teams here? Um, Vista Peak and Doherty. But before – I'm going to talk a little bit about camp. But we had, I don't know, probably – Twenty-five to thirty-seven on seven games. We were in all kinds of different seven-on-seven tournaments. So June was packed. I'm enjoying a little bit of the break now during the holiday, and then uh, starting back up Monday, we're going to finish off the the summer strong. So uh, it's just been a busy summer, as you know how it goes for football. But
1: uh, yeah, there's no there's there's really no off season, especially at, at at the high school level. And it was one of the things that I enjoyed not being at the high school level this past season was and and that's that goes back to just being able to have the wherewithal to go through it and say, Fuck it, but um it was just a nice break and you didn't realize it for, you know, so many years going forward. I couldn't imagine the the time you put in. But it's cool because you get, you know, I know it's it's work, but you also get to watch Frankie on the field. No and, doubt. and and see your son before you, you know, kind of just blossom and continue to grow and, and, and be a great quarterback. And so I, I think that aspect of it, I bet that's pretty freaking cool to to be able to, you know, not only put your work in, but see him do his thing.
2: Well, you know, so, there. I mean, I, I could touch on so many different parts there, but a little bit about, you know, the time it takes. So, for me, and, uh, you know, this, we went to school together, uh, uh, idle time for me has never been good. And uh, so, coaching at an early age, and so, I'll go back. I thought I was going to go play high school and I I, I play past college or past high school. I think I touched on this a little bit on uh, the Play Harder podcast with uh, with uh, Terrace. Shout out my boy ZG. But uh, you know, so I got into coaching right away, and uh, there was times where coaching took up different times where my buddies were out going parties or they're in college and doing different things. But I had to, I had some certain responsibilities, but it was always good for me because idle time for me was bad. Yeah, and even still now, like I I look at. You know, what my time looks like outside of coaching in the future, whatever that is. Like, I haven't had a fall in so many years where I'm not busy
1: yeah.
2: or a summer. And I'm like, what am I going to do to fill my time? Like, I'm, I'm starting to really get back into the gym a lot, starting to lift, lift a lot of weights. I'm trying to, you know, change my body. And so I'm trying to do that. But
1: Pick up a fishing pole, bro
2: you know what? Absolutely. That that's something where I need to start doing too, yeah. because when I was younger I used to go fishing with my dad a lot and I lost that the last twenty five years of my life. So
1: Well, it's hard when you don't have a summer <laughs> or a fall. <laughs> exactly. And sometimes a spring, depending and,
2: on, on what you're doing for spring ball. And now that I think about it, those years tie up exactly basically with coaching. So yeah. um so I really haven't the time wise hasn't really been a a, a detriment for me. And really is because the Whole time, I've also had kids, and my, my oldest is uh 20, but my wife's held it down at home. Nice, and hey, I'll talk about that a little bit later. But I wanted to talk a little bit about this uh, CSU camp, uh CSU Pueblo camp, if you, if you guys don't uh-huh. mind. So, we went down there. So, last year we were up in Fort Collins at CSU, yep, and uh, we did really well. Uh, Frankie did really well, the team really well. It was our first year under Coach Escobedo, and it was actually my first time at all out uh, of coaching all these years of going away for camp we've always did like a two two week camp here at the end of summer um so we followed it up this year we went down to csu pueblo and um it was a three-team camp it was supposed to be four or five a couple teams dropped out at the end but uh you know we were the only uh lower classification team there and we balled out nice we uh won we ended up winning their king of the hill thing which is their uh full 11 on 11 um Competition towards the end, it was a goal line thing, it was beautiful. We dominated seven on seven, um, and then uh, one of the highlights for me though is uh, being able to show the kids who Coach Leo was. And so, for you guys don't know out there in the podcast where mm. Coach Don L. um he was a uh, a DB over at at Boulder. Had CU Boulder. CU Boulder. CU Boulder. Yep, he had a little cup of a uh, cup of tea in the NFL, and he. But uh, he started his coaching career at Denver North, and when he started coaching, me and Al were uh, juniors in high school. So he was my defensive coordinator. Uh, I had a DB coach of uh, Maurice Enriquez. I mean, our coaching staff, we were in high school, was just star studded. Yeah, and there was no doubt why so many of us from that, from our class ended up coaching. I want to say eight of us ended up being coaches at some point or another. Mm. Anyway, so we get down there, and, uh, you know, they have – and, you know, Coach Leo ended up getting, uh, you know, I think stomach cancer, pancreatic cancer, and passed away a few years ago. Rest in peace, Coach. He was a beautiful man. He was a gym rat, wonderful dude, gave back. But uh, they dedicated their gym and stuff to him. So it's the Leo Center, Coach Leo Center, and they had a big – you know, picture of him and uh, his little biography and it, it right there. Clearly it said, coach Leo started his coaching career at Denver North. Uh-huh. So I got all the guys together to read this Dude. and for them to see like right there in writing, like, Hey, you could go to North. You you can, and you could be somebody right. Yeah. And so yeah. that was cool. And I got to tell him, and I was able to talk to the staff there and be like, Hey, Leo is my coach. They run all the exact same DB drills there to this day that we run at North. Um, I mean, I could have just stepped in and ran their, their drills that they were running. There was a session where the college coaches take over your teams and they coach your guys. And our guys literally were running the drills for them. So it was, it was, it was a thing of beauty. Uh, we did great. It was, it was fun. We ended June, you know, with, with you know, fireworks. So uh, I'm looking forward to the season. But, you know, we'll, we'll see how, how things progress. But, yes, watching my son in these camps – has been nothing but a blessing. The coaches knew who he was going there, but I'm telling you, they left wanting to take pictures with him, so. That's what's up,
0: Fingers crossed things work out for that kid. You know, that's cool, too, because, you know, you talked about how great of a seven-on-seven year you guys had so far during this off-season, and we all know how talented that skills group is. One of the best skills group in the state of Colorado. Um, Put them up against anybody, and we'll put our money up with it. you know, but this one was the king of the hill and you said it was, you know, a goal line kind of 11 on 11. So that's what's cool about it because you got the big dogs in, in the mix in that one and you still, you know, were victorious. So I know the teams weren't as many, but it kind of validated, you know, your progress up to this point. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and if the linemen continue to work and hopefully, you, you know, get in a few more big fellas, maybe that just trickles into the season and it can just you know, rub off on, on a successful season as well.
2: So what we talked about as a staff right after that, uh, so you know how those those coaches, uh, these caps and stuff at the end, they, they uh, all the coaches that you get together, with the, even the uh, the college coaches, and, you know, you have some pizza and a couple of hops or whatever. So, but we were talking, we were like, listen, when, the year before at the CSU camp, all the four college coaches were saying, these Devon Horthos, they have the most heart. And same with down there. There is no denying the, the heart in these Northside kids. Mm-hmm. And when we won this uh, goal line uh, King of the Hill battle, we had, you know, we plugged Scotty, and some of these other guys down at the line say hey, we just, let's just go fire off the ball. Just need it. And we just need it, right? And so in, in a pinch, we're going to be fine. Mm-hmm. It, but when, you know, it's 48 minutes and it's this and it's super hot in September and stuff like that, but – you know, I'll go back to uh, – and I'll hit on this. I had some really good mentors. And, you know, Coach Marquez, when I was a young coach, uh, we were going through this uh, – I don't know. I can't remember if it was at Northland or Thornton, but uh, I was like, yeah, we, you know, we're low here, we're low there. And he's like, look, he's like, you got to count on wild cards. And I, I think about this every year coaching. He said every team, unless, you know, you're some of these really big schools who have 150-plus and this and that, but a school like us right now – you're always going to have wild cards, meaning there's anywhere from five to seven wild cards every year. And that means some of the guys that you are counting on don't pan out for mm-hmm. whatever reason. Right. Yep. And then there's guys who show up in August who you have no idea about who end turn, up showing up. Turn out to be La- studs. Yeah. Last year we, we had a uh, this kid, his name's Alex, uh show up. I don't know where. It was one of our better linemen. And, you know, a couple guys like that. A few years ago, you know, when Coach Hanna was there uh, – uh, big lineman kid, uh, Hispanic kid, barely spoke. Uh, Jorge. Jorge, right? Yeah. Wild cards, stuff yeah. like that. So um, I got a call yesterday from uh, my cousin, uh, uh, Toby Kersky. Hey, Frankie, uh, uh, worker of mine. Lives out in Malibala, but goes to school right over by north. Big lineman kid, senior, wants to get back into football, didn't play lot. Okay, good. So – um. I, I'm a believer things are going to work out, you know, yep. especially because we do have this senior class of leaders. And all we got to do is get kids to believe. Mm-hmm. Yep. Buy in and we're going to be all right. Like, I ain't going to say we're going to run the table, but damn it, you know what? Who knows? Well, you know, and you say
1: you, you, you believe things will work out. And sometimes it's because, you know, you guys are going to put in the work to make things work out. Sometimes I think people get caught up trying to wait for something to happen. Opposed to like making something happen, and I I think I, you know it, it's funny. I was talking to my mom's a little bit about this the other day because she was going through some things and um, she's getting a little negative. And I was like, "Mom, you got to be positive about it, right? If you you got to make it happen, you can't sit there and expect something to happen without a little bit of elbow grease being being burnt. You know what I mean? Like sometimes you know it, things are harder for us to obtain." Because it, it means more. It's going to be more special when we do obtain it. So it's all about still making it happen opposed to just waiting for it to happen. And I think that's what you guys have been preaching. That's what that senior class that you guys have has learned for four years. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I know there's a there's a change in staff there, but I think the same message is, you know, hey, we got to work to earn it. I know how you coach. And, you know, and I know how, like, you know, some of the other coaches on that staff coach. And, and it's about working your ass off to earn it. And I think you guys have begun to do that, and it's good to see you guys got some good momentum in the summer and the the, the buy-in that you got from your senior group. We go back to Brandon Bennett, Michael Marquez, mm. and, and Elias, Donnie, all that senior class Dogs. a lot. We go back to that class a lot, and we've had a few of them on the, on the pod. And, you know, it was always – their belief and their work ethic is what kind of spurred other people to have the same belief and work ethic. And I think it, you kind of touched on it with the group that you have now. It's their belief. You know, if they believe they can run through that wall, well, damn it, everyone else under them, juniors, sophomores, and freshmen believe they can run through the freaking wall too. And it, as long as they have that, man, you guys are going to be dogs in every game.
2: Yeah. You know, in, uh, with guys like that and, you know, the brand of the Elias, the Michael Marks of the World and uh, – I, I got but so many good things to say about those dudes. I love those dudes so much. And uh, my, my message to those dudes was always like, "This isn't, this isn't our team. This isn't a coach's team." Because you know, some of those dudes had different coaches all four years, mm-hmm. right? And you hit it. There's been a, a coaching change two years ago, and some of these, some of these dudes are kind of maybe still a little bitter about it, right? But yep. like, it's your team. You're the player. Yep. Like. Our playing days are over. Yeah, we're not
1: getting on the field to do anything. All we're right. doing is kind of giving you the 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 recipe, right? The blueprint. You guys got to cook it. You guys got to make it happen. You guys got to build it.
2: Exactly. So, like when there was a coaching change for all those dudes, and I and you know I I stuck around for each of those coaching changes, and I was telling them, like, listen, the only uh, consistent variable that's going to be here is you guys. Yep. So, let's not let's not complain about it. Let's get to work. And that's the same message with these these dudes, and uh. You know, I, I had some notes here, and I didn't—I didn't put this in the notes, but I did—I do did want to hit on this. We had did so good, and you guys were part of this too. Uh, our numbers a couple years ago were doing really good to a point where we, we were talking about we might have to start cutting guys, right? Yeah. And then uh, this is prior to any coaching change. I think we're really, really kind of maybe changed some of that in because uh, COVID affected all these teams differently. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And uh, for these inner city schools, especially like us, when we were just starting to change the direct. The momentum trajectory. was good. Yes, it was, the momentum was good. And coming back from COVID, I just think it really it really changed the the momentum of our program. Yeah. And, and then we had the coaching change, right? And so then things kind of tapered out. Even though we're winning, even though we got a really good quarterback, even, our numbers are low. But I think the, the feel and the positivity around the program is still really high. So, you know, parents, whatever, you guys are out there listening – you want your kids to come play football. Bring them to Denver. The coaching staff that Coach Eskobitos put out there is great. It's one of the best coaching staffs that I've been around in the last ten years. But we need players, and you know the whole COVID thing is. I think it's really affected us different than other teams. But uh, with that said, we're still going to go out there. We're going to win games. We're gonna, we're going to surprise a lot of teams. Um, but yeah, man, I couldn't be more more happy to be on uh, on this staff. Like Coach Esko has put together some of the Better young coaches that I've been around, and you said this coaching sometimes is a young man sport, right? Yeah, yeah. So you like, I, I know some of the better young pe- coaches I've been around are coaches that, and again, you could be married, you could have kids, and be a great coach. I'm not saying that, but normally, the coaches that could just pour themselves completely, or not married, yeah, don't have kids, yeah. could open up the gym twice yep. in the morning, in the afternoon. Yeah, because got nothing to go back none, to. Right? Yep. Yeah, yeah, no yeah. responsibility. So, and, and we have those dudes. Like, uh, shout out to Coach Vic, Vic, Vic Horda, man. He's been such a blessing for Frankie right now. He's he's a tremendous quarterback coach, tremendous offensive coordinator. Um,
1: Yo, Vic's a good dude, man. I got to I got to get to know Vic during track season because he was coaching at uh, Kennedy. Uh, Ken- yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, we'd chop it up all the time at means Vic's a good dude, man. Yeah, yeah man. man. And,
2: and you know, I he's, you know, me and Frankie were talking. He's like, man, I wish I had him longer. Like, he's he's just a different dude. And Frankie's a different quarterback right now. And I I think our guys are starting to see it. Um, So the outlook for this season is nothing but positivity. We just need more guys.
1: Yeah. And, And, you know – oh, sorry, go ahead.
0: And that message is true to to a lot of players, right? 2020, the COVID year, gave all these kids who – are like us and don't need that extra idle time. Yeah. It gave them the idle time and the comfortability within that idle time. So a lot of kids developed it and started to say, you know, I'd rather do this than go and out that, and play sports. Bro, that's the thing that and, sucks,
1: bro. Because like, you know, if you get an opportunity to do something else other than, you know, what you've been doing, you may like it. You may not like it. And it might be a good thing. It, it might be a bad thing. It's not always bad, but just like you said, idle time is a devil playground.
2: Well, well sometimes what is sports though? So, I mean, it will. Sports is at, at a competitive level. It's only fun during the games and when you're winning.
1: Yeah. Right.
2: Ain't nobody will trying to wake up and not even not even the good players, bro, will say that it's fun waking up in the summer a week after you just got out of school to be at workouts at seven a.m. Yep. Mm-hmm. Right? That ain't shit. I have these conversations with my son and, and all our players all the time. If you want to be good, you got to make sacrifices. Bro. And if I'm honest with myself, I wasn't that kind of disciplined when I was in school. I mean, I like to think I was, but there was times where I know, you know, coaches were on my ass. Like, hey, you need to get your ass here. Like, you're you're a leader. You're a captain. But COVID made to where, hey – go ahead and sleep in, go ahead and do this. And then you get used to that.
0: And and that's exactly my point to all those kids, right? Because we sit here and we talk about how we wish we did this. We wish we would have did that when we were younger. For me personally, right, I got comfortable in idle time and complacent with, with not doing what I was supposed to do and doing what I wanted to do. Mm. And, and, you know, I regret it because there's a lot of football time that I lost as an athlete because yeah. I chose to do other things. So to those kids out there, you know, don't, Wait until you're 28, 30, 35 to realize that you wish you would have played high school football. Stop bullshitting now. Stop being comfortable in the idle time and the complacency and thinking just hanging out with your friends is is the way to go because there will be one day where you look back on today and say, damn, I wish I would have just did that. I wish I would have listened to that coach. I wish I would have listened to my parent. I wish I would have listened to my friend and just finished out football. There's a lot of kids that we all know sitting at this table that are great athletes that still should be playing right now that are not playing football. So this message goes out to you, get up off your ass and go do what you got to do for you, not for anybody else, but for you. And for that way, you don't live life with any regrets later on.
1: Yes, sir. And I think, you know, you, you, you know, when you talk about how, how COVID affected some things, and you also had kids that instead of busing it to North you know, outside of their home school, mm-hmm. they end up having to go to their home school because it was more convenient for their parents during that situation, for or sure. they're being homeschooled at that particular time. You know, and, and not making it to practice. I think us bouncing into a spring football season right. that really screwed a lot of things up. Did. And we had the same thing in track. Like um, our that year, twenty twenty, before we got shut down, we had ninety kids out on the track team, mm. boys and girls. You know, we had, and it was our biggest com- turnout. And then we had to shut down. And the following year, we still had solid numbers, but it wasn't the same. It wasn't the same commitment, um, and it could be a different kid. Who knows? But it just wasn't that same level of yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna commit fully to this, you know, because I have nothing else. And you know, some of these kids might have thought they had, you know, I can just go home and play video games. Or I can go home and do this shit on on the computer. You know, um, it it was a different monster for sure, and it it changed a lot of things. But in in a lot of ways, it made things – made us be a little more efficient, made us be more appreciative of our time. You know, um, I think back to this past season, all the track meets we were able to get in because the weather worked in our favor – you know, and thinking about the times that got shut down, it's like, damn, I'm just happy to be out here right now early in March being able to do this shit. Because in the past, you know, six years, it hasn't been that way, whether it be weather or whether it be COVID. So, um, oh, man, Frank, dude, I I salute you. We'll talk more about North here in a bit. Uh, hmm. We're going to get all into some high school football here in a bit. Um, it's definitely um, something I wanted to, wanted to rap about it's it something that we wrapped about on our very first episode. And mm-hmm. if you haven't listened to the first episode, I mean I encourage you to go go back in time with us and go listen to it. Um you can you can tell us where where we were rookies and where we <laughs> might have been a little nervous on the microphone. Yeah. And, and, and if
0: there's something we're still doing that we should fix, go ahead and correct that too, because we're we're a student of the game just as much as you are. So we're we're willing to correct.
1: You know, as always though, man, we, we tell y'all if y'all wanna submit a question. Join the conversation. Visit Denver.com forward slash ask DNA um, right there on the screen. If you're watching the, the, the video today, you, you, can, uh, you can see how it goes. But, man, go submit your question. Go be part of the conversation. Say what's up to Coach Frank. Um, you know, share some of the war stories with Frank. I mean, I got stories with this guy. You know, he's talking about how he wasn't always, uh, you know, doing what he was supposed to be doing as a captain or as a leader on the team.
0: Uh,
1: (laughs) Uh, Let's just say one time we was running about 11 o'clock at night.
0: Oh, yeah. I remember this story.
1: And Frank being able just to have to watch us because Coach was like, no, you're going to watch them pay your penalty. And we're out there, dude, pitch black, doing Viking reminders and and running laps, and (laughs) Frank's just standing there like, I don't give a shit, man. I had a good time.
2: (laughs) Let's just say I was doing – (laughs) <laughs> what I was doing.
1: <laughs> oh, man. Yo, it's been a great couple weeks, though, Don, since the last time we got together, dude. You know, we were celebrating the Nugs, and now everyone's yeah. down on the Nugs. Go nugs, Go baby! Chaps. Yo, what do y'all think about Bruce Ballon even?
0: You know, I mean, he deserves it, bro. I mean, we all knew that we weren't going to be able to pay him what he deserves. We all wanted him, right? In the perfect world, he would still be here. But in the business aspect of it, I just don't think the Nuggets – could have really made it happen, and he deserves to to get the money that he that he got. Really, Yo, I mean,
1: 22 and a half per year. He you got know, more than I expected. But way more. Yeah, they were. It was funny because I was I was reading, the Lakers were trying to pick him up with their with their mid level exemption. It mm-hmm. was like twelve and a half million and, million. million, and you know people were like, oh, he's gonna go to the Lakers, and then Indiana comes out, dude, two Doubled. years, forty five million, like, and he, I don't even think he's gonna be starting over there. I think he's gonna be. Oh, they're paying him to start. Well, they just paid uh, Halliburton and Halliburton play guard too. Yeah. So I don't know.
0: Come, yeah, but who's bringing, their one?
1: Uh, uh, I'd have to look. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if it's Tyrese Halliburton's playing point guard or if he's playing shooting guard.
0: They're they're yeah. definitely not paying him that type of bag to just Dude, come and be are you, a role
1: but, Are you sure though? Because basketball, yeah, basketball stupid. money is
2: crazy. And here, here's the thing though is, uh, uh, and, and I, I'm a, I love basketball and. and Honestly, basketball is such a more beautiful sport to me than than anything else. But I don't know the the ins and outs of basketball contracts like I would football. Not a, I don't know. Yeah, you know football contracts. All like uh, well, with I'm football, like I'm a GM. you're always looking at the at the guarantee the, opposed yeah, to the actual, and there's yeah. a, there's a cap and all that. But I do know that next year there is a new um, uh, what's the word I'm the CBA agreement? For. Yes, with, yep. with basketball and. The, the Nuggets are worried about that because they got like four max players right now. However, uh, I think the biggest thing, though, that what they were comfortable with letting uh, Bruce Brown go, and Bruce Brown did great for him. He's always going to be a he – he'll never have to pay for a drink in this town no, again. No, right? no, hell no. But I think with the emergence of Christian Braun, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't like to say Braun, Christian Braun <laughs> and uh, and Payton uh, Watson. I think Payton Watson is going to come out next year. and He's going to surprise you. He is long. He hustles. He's been working his ass off. Yeah, Yo. and you know, I, I think the Nuggets are baiting on um Payne Watson. And you know, they they got they, it.
1: they got kids at uh, Gillespie that they drafted last year that was hurt all all year. Um, they drafted well this year, I think, uh, in my opinion. Um, bringing in Justin Holiday, bringing in um, who's the other cat that did uh, Jesus? Why is it slipping my mind right now? Don't my only my only beef, bro. Is I saw what Derrick Rose signed in Memphis for. Mm-hmm. Derrick Rose signed for like two years, like six million, and it'd have been nice to have something like that on the bench for us. But at the same time, I, I trust I'm trusting the front office, dude, because yeah, so they've done, pretty- they've done so well over the last I mean over the last eight years.
0: But Bruce Brown wasn't going to sign for that.
1: No, 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 no. He's saying bring no. in like, saying it would have been nice to, to bring in Der- oh, Derrick bring Rose, in Derek to, Rose to kick them. And we might have. Derrick Rose went to college in Memphis. He might just be – he's at the twilight of his career. He might just be trying to go back to comfortable surroundings and, and be somewhere where, you know, he's going to get a significant role too. So. But,
0: but in all honesty, the Nuggets aren't that team, right? We're not bop. Well, and the other thing is, though, too, like we are building off of our young talent, our young players, we're building around that. Like, I think we're fine. Right. Me, too. When I say like I wanted them to keep him around because, you know, obviously we would like to just ride this thing one more year back to back, just go right through it. We still can do that with the talent that we have. In all honesty, we can.
1: See, and I don't think, and I, and I, and I'm fine with what we're at right now. And I don't think they brought someone like Derek Rose in because I don't think they wanted to stunt the growth of Christian Brown, nope. of of Peyton Watson, of the new guys they just got, of Gillespie, some of the guys they already have, Najee, wh- whoever it may be, uh, Chanchar. You know what I mean? You want these guys to to continue their development. That's part of the process itself, too. Is okay. You got like Najee's on his last year of his deal. Like, let's see if he can play. If he can play, then cool, we can keep him around. If not. Then he won't be around. But you got to find out what you have. You can't just go, you know, keep piecing things together. We got KCP coming up next year. He'll be on. He has a player option for his third year. So next year, you know, it'll be a second, third year. He got an option, you yeah. know. And who's to say we don't get Bruce Brown back in two years anyway? Because Bruce Brown signed a two-year deal, mm-hmm. but he only did it with the one, with the player option for the second year. So
0: and he's third on the depth chart right now. Yep. Ooh. Who? Bruce, Bruce Brown? Brown. Yeah. Who they got? He, he, they have uh, Tyrese Halbert and. And Buddy Hills. Oh yeah, he ain't yeah, he ain't starting. Not a starter mm-hmm. right now. Um, so he's behind well, T J McConnell and Benedict. Although
1: if, if you play small ball, you can put him. You could you can bump one of them guys up to forward. Any one of them three play small forward, and you know have three guards on the court.
2: But listen, good good for the Pacers then because here here's my thing with Bruce Brown, hell of a player, but. He's better for your team coming off the bench. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you put him in a starting role. It's kind of just takes away what he, what he does best. Yeah. But with, my thing with the Nuggets and you know, say the whole thing with uh, 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 like a Derrick Rose or something, a year, two years ago, bringing in a vet like that. That's what this team needed, right? Yeah. And that's the role the KCP's mm-hmm. yep. filled. Yeah. That's the role the uh, the DeAndre J- Jordan's filled. Jeff Green. For, but yep. but right now though, see. Our guys took those lessons. Yeah. They learned from them. Our stars are now the veterans. Yeah, right. Jamal Murray's now. He's now going to be that guy who's going to be the the voice in the locker room. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Joker. Joker is now. Uh, uh, he's now being more of a vocal leader. He's said, you know, hey, it's hard to be a vocal leader when English is a second language. But guess what? He's a dude who speaks great fucking mm-hmm. English now. So I we don't to stay on parade. <laughs> we don't need to bring in those those veteran voices to sit on the bench to take up a fucking a seat just to be a, a voice in the locker room. Because we got guys who are going to play to be those veteran voices. Yep. and the, let, let, let those young guys take up a seat on the bench, the Peyton Watsons, the Christian Browns, yep. and let our stars be the, the best. Well, and the
1: big difference now, too, is any young any young players you got coming in, they're going to listen to Aaron Gordon. They're mm-hmm. going to listen to KCP. Exactly. They're going to listen to even Michael Porter Jr. Mm-hmm. These guys got – Championship you got on, the on him. Yep, you know what I mean. Like, not they, to yep. mention,
0: they're going to listen to a guy like Christian Braun too, because he's won championships yep. at multiple levels, yep. and and he already in his second year is going to be, you know, arguably a starter.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, man, I'm 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 fine with the Nugs, bro. I'm not I'm not upset about the direction they're going. I keep seeing Chicken Little's on on the internet just going crazy because they ain't do this, they ain't do that, and I'm like, yo, we we we're, we're fine. We've already proved it. Let's enjoy our championship. It's only been a couple of weeks. Like, let's enjoy shit. Um, you know, pray the parade route barely barely got cleaned up, and we're already bitching about it. No so, doubt. Um, it's it's always know.
2: hard to see in any sport. Uh, you know, the the Twitterverse goes crazy when your team is the the team not going crazy in uh, any kind of free agent market. But yep. very rarely, you know, do you see your the the team who wins the offseason, does it translate, you know? Yeah. Uh, what team was that a few years ago in football? Was it the uh, – I want to say it was the Eagles. Oh, the
1: Eagles done it a few different times. You know, uh,
2: we're, 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 who was it? Fucking uh, Vince. Yeah, Vince uh, Young. Vince
1: Young talking about, uh, what do you say, the heat of the NFL or something mm-hmm. shit like that? Yeah.
2: Yeah. So, you know, it, right now, listen, I think we're going to be all right.
1: No, nah, man. It, it, be it, right. It, it's been a great couple weeks, though.
0: Well, and people got to understand the team that they are. Again, like I said earlier, we're not bought. Were built,
1: yep. you know what I mean, and yep. the
0: same thing with the with the Heat, right? Are the Heat out there doing a bunch of crazy moves right now? You know they might be getting a little bit more. Oh, active they're than they're us. trying to get Dane. Yeah, they they're might, might be times. Yeah, but you know you know other than that, they're not, and they're built kind of this kind similar. They'll you, you know what I'll like, make a bro. playoff run just like we're gonna make. A playoff
2: hey, they get run they get Dane, Guess what? Still Nugs and five.
1: You know what I like, bro. <laughs> you know what I like the most is. Before the playoffs started, everyone was on this, Michael Malone's on the hot seat. If the Nuggets don't win it, do they blow it up? Yada, yada, yada. And they were talking about bringing Dame to Denver, right, if mm-hmm. if, if if the Nuggets don't make it through. And the thing I like most about this is we don't even have to have that conversation, dude. We've, it feels good to have your team in place, yeah. figured out. We know what's going on.
0: Speaking about teams in place, man we talked about North success so far. Right. Yeah, yeah. And and we kind of talked about like what they're trying to build there, what you guys are trying to accomplish over there at North. And you know, this next topic, we're going to talk about the high school football season and we're going to talk about, you know, who we think can potentially make a, a late run or who can be the big dog of that, of each classification. When we're talking about high school football here in Colorado, um, so with that said, since North is in three A, you know we can go ahead and start with three uh, A if you guys want to, or or we could dive in wherever you, wherever you see fit. But uh, how are you feeling about this season going into this year's competition, Coach?
1: Me or Frank? You, I'm me. Sorry. You got two coaches here. I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean one good looking, one ugly. You can just call us good looking, and one of us will answer.
0: Like, what are your thoughts on 3A? Like who do you, who do you think is top dog still or still or do you think someone's going to come in and,
1: well, and do what they do? To beat the champ, you got to beat the champ, right? That's what and, I said. and and Roosevelt set up real nice again mm-hmm. and and they've been if you look at their their track record over the last 4 or 5 years, they've been set up for success, you know, pretty much all 5 years and they finally broke through last year and got that got that title um and it'd be hard pressed to say they won't do it again this year. You know, I don't think the road's gonna be as easy. You got yeah. teams that are hungry trying to come up and 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 make things happen. You know, you got the norths of the world trying to make things happen and, and press these these uh these, you know, perennial uh pure breeds. But, you know, you got Lutheran, you got um, you know, teams like GW, Durango, you know, that made it run last year that wanna build on their success. But um I don't know, man. I Roosevelt's scary.
2: Yeah, so I, I'm with you right now, I think uh I think Roosevelt is is the team to beat, right? And uh man they they just they were so tough. They're very well coached. Uh I, I honestly, you know, the we play right now in a really tough league, right? Two of the teams that I'd say are are up there to that are going to give Roosevelt a a run for the money is Frederick and Meade, man. Frederick is tough.
1: Yeah, and
2: they're well coached. And so is Meade. You know, they run very similar offices, and they got freaking they got players for days. Um so that's the three teams I would look at out of out of three or eight. Uh Lutheran graduated a lot, but they also they also have a lot of numbers. Um uh well, GW, I, I think they're gonna come down a little bit just because they graduated. I wanna say twenty two. Twenty two seniors, yeah. right? Yeah. And they had and they're another team. So you know, we just talked about the whole COVID deal and how we it affected us a little different. COVID actually benefited GW because they got a lot of kids from uh they inherited a whole team of match buff kids, yeah, and the match buff coaching staff, and they all did good. They all jelled well. Yeah. Kudos to GW staff and they Ma- made it work. Man, staff, yeah, they they said, hey, let's just make this bad boy work, and they did. And uh, but you know, all those dudes graduated last year, so I think they might come back down to earth. At least I'm I'm banking on that, hoping on that a little bit. But I'd say 3A is probably going to be Roosevelt. Uh, like you said, you, you know, you got to be. In order to be the best, you gotta be the best. Right now they're they're sitting at the top of the ladder.
0: Yeah, you know, I agree with you there. Um, you know, Roosevelt obviously has been putting in the work during season and in the off season to stay as dominant as they are, right? With whether it's, you know, with their incoming freshman class and, and building them up or or whatever it takes through the off season, but they've definitely been doing what they need to do to to be successful. I also feel that Green Mountain you know, Green Mountain has been, you know, kind of making a silent push the last couple of years. They got a really good squad. Last year, I think they finished twelve and one on the season. Um, you know, they're a pretty good team that that I feel, um, you know, is going to make a push later on but in what? the season and and honestly can give Roosevelt a run for their yeah. money as that number one seat Because if I'm not mistaken, that might be correct me if I'm wrong. That might be their one loss was to Roosevelt.
1: I believe so. I'd have to go back and look. I don't have it up in front of me, but you're, you know, Green Mountains. Another one of them teams that have been building over the last few years. Um, they've got a solid, like their 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 pipeline's really good. You know, yeah. you get they they always produce really good um, youth teams for that program. When you have and, damage, and they're one that's been <laughs> they're one that's been building for a minute. Um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see them do something in, in 3A. Uh, the other one, though, man, that, that kind of Frank brought up a little bit was Meade. Yeah. And they're another team. They were a semifinalist a couple years back, uh, lost to Fort Morgan. Um, they're another one that has a solid pipeline, just building, 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 building. And, you know, it, it's hard to say, man, because – there's there's teams that come out of nowhere you know you get a team like Durango that we don't get to see very often and then teams go down there and they just Durango's always got a solid program they're always right there in the mix for it they're always if not in the in the championship they're in the semifinals right so it's just hard to root out uh to uh bet against teams like that especially because being up here in the front range we don't get to see them that often
0: yeah for sure you know um Lutheran they played Roosevelt a little bit better. We brought up Green Mountain. Um, Green Mountain's one loss was to Roosevelt, to Roosevelt right in the playoffs, um, right? And they got skunked thirty to three. So Roosevelt you know, was good last year, they, man. Roosevelt was really good, um, but you know I think Green Mountain and, and Lutheran can definitely make a run at them. Um, and then you bring up the Fredericks and the Meads. You know I think three yeah. A, honestly, you know I think people see three A, four A, five A, and and they get it confused with competition yeah talent. not the case yeah it's not the case guys it's all about you know body student body enrollment and it has nothing to do with skill level and how good the football team is well, Right, because some of these 3a teams can beat up on several 5a 400 another good and 3a team
1: vice versa another good For 3A sure. team and they're i believe they're in your league again this year riverdale ridge yep. riverdale ridge and is good they're up and coming they've got they've got great numbers you know they've got buy in. Their program is now what five or six years old. Mm-hmm. So they've got a, they've got they've built a lot. They're still with some of these kids from Prairie View. Some of these kids from Brighton. Um, they're another one that could be sneakily good this year. They were had they had a really solid season last year. I know we've played them real tough the, mm-hmm. the times we've played them. Um, but they're another one, man, that that can just come out of nowhere and, and kind of. You know,
0: yeah. another one we didn't mention that's been building since they started, honestly, and has a pretty good team right now is Northfield, man. Northfield can Northfield, go yeah. out there and make some damage, too. Like, last year I think they finished 15th in 3A or something like that. 2A. So.
2: Yeah, they're 2 the North Northfield's 2A. Uh, and and that coaching staff. They were. Unless
1: they just moved up last year.
2: They were 2A last year. Because I, I know all those coaching staffs from last year.
1: Because they got bounced in the two A playoffs two they're years ranked,
0: ago. They're ranked. They're ranked 15th in three A. Three A.
1: So they moved up this year then. Huh.
0: I'm sorry. Like, this is based off of last year. Oh. Okay, final so the last standings. year was
1: was when they moved up because they were two A. They made the playoffs a couple years ago in two A.
2: Oh, you know what? Bounced. It, it, he's probably right. Last year was the uh, the first year of the the new conference the new the new, the new, the two, the new two cycle, thing, right?
0: Yeah, because they started. Remember, they're a fairly new yeah, school, yeah. so they had that that first couple years where they were classified lower because their numbers are still yep, getting up. Yep. That's, Man, a nice, that's a nice.
1: That's a nice ass campus, bro. It's beautiful. That's it, a nice campus, and
2: they're a really good staff. A lot of those, uh, some of those coaches were with me when we were coaching at Thornton. Uh, you know, shout out, Coach Doug Sedbrook. Love that dude. One of the better Kite coaches I've been around. Um, but yeah, so you know, here here's the thing, uh, and Coach Dom just hit on it. Classifications aside, you get a you get a halfway decent coaching staff in there. You get some uh, some kids that will buy in. You have decent numbers because in football you're always going to battle some injuries and maybe an eligibility here and there. You have no idea what's going to happen. Yeah. What 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 I like to see if we've saw a little bit these last couple of years is a little bit of change at the top. You know, I mean, you know, five A. I guess we haven't really seen it because uh, Cherry Cree's ran away with it for the last what four, four years, years going on yeah. the fifth straight. And, and yeah. You know what? That that's fine. You know uh coach logan and those guys they do their thing but uh, to me i like to see a little bit of change and uh i, I just feel like you never know what's going to happen get some of these uh, other teams you know up and coming some new, some new blood in there and uh, let, let's just let the chips fall within me i know for us we're excited we, we talked about us being a little bit down uh, with some guys in the trenches but you know we're looking forward to the challenge we got some of the best skill guys so um I know the guys in our league, uh, you know, they better be have their heads on the swivel because we're coming. Well, that's the
1: scary thing with you guys, too, man, is if if you can get protection and you can get enough push off the ball to to give your guys the chances. um, There's no reason why that offense can't be very potent. There's no reason why you guys can't have a lot of success on the flip side on defense. If you guys can get to the quarterback and you guys can stop the run a little bit. Like, you're going to be fine, and all you need is just the bodies. Yep. And if you, can, if you guys can figure that part out, like, there's no reason why you guys can't be mentioned in that playoff run.
0: And the scary thing about it, right, is when you get teams that have the morale, the camaraderie that that North has, this young skill group that's been playing together, some of them since yeah. seventh, sixth grade, mm-hmm. you know, maybe even longer than that. Um, you know, that, that – chemistry that they have is hard to beat when you're in a playoff game you know Dude, there's an a old, mix of things like so you know if if all they got to do is get in there's an old parable you know?
1: that says the faith of a mustard seed will move a mountain mm-hmm. and if yeah. you're if you get guys to believe that much it's amazing what shortcomings you can overcome yeah. and 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 what you know you've especially when you got someone like frankie and i'm not just gassing your son up Love that kid. I'm not just gassing <laughs> Thanks, him up. Thanks, appreciate that. Um, but when you got a kid that knows where to, take, where to send the ball to pre-snap,
2: mm-hmm. right,
1: and he can read defenses and, you know, he knows what to do, like all you need is a couple of seconds. Yeah. All you need is, is, is one, two, boom, it's gone, mm-hmm. right, to, to find some su- success. All you need to do is open up a couple of holes and let your, let your, your talented running back get to the next level, and then it's one-on-one with a linebacker, one-on-one with a safety, and who knows at that point, right? I'll take take some of the guys they got in the running game Mm -hmm. one-on-one with any of them safeties or linebackers. No Mm -hmm. doubt. You know, I take them on the next level. And even if they get got at the next level, that's four or five yards. Mm -hmm. I'll take that every day, every single day. So, you know, there's no reason why you can't have them expectations or beliefs to be, you know, amongst the top in league, amongst, amongst the last 16 playing you know, and and it's got to be there. And when you got your senior class believing that they could do that, it's amazing what you might be able to do. Yeah, you know?
0: that, that's the expectation goal, right? Every yep. year for yep. every team is is get there,
1: get there, get there because anything can happen.
0: You
2: know, it gets me and it gets the uh, you know the the hairs in the back of my neck standing up, and you know, it gets me a little emotional. We're sitting here talking about seniors last year, this and that, <laughs> and it's like, damn, is it really this this dude's last year? Like. You know the the Frankies, the Lorenzos. You know the feels like it was just all these dudes. Like, yeah, man. Like, uh, and you guys know me. I wear my heart on my sleeve, and uh, sometimes I cry for a fucking commercial. Well, one (laughs) thing I've always (laughs) appreciated—it's gonna be hard for me to hold this shit back. One thing
1: I've appreciated about you, Frank, when we're coaching, and is you make these kids understand these seniors, especially. But then the way you talk about it, it puts these younger underclassmen on notice too. And you make them understand these last 10 weeks, this is it. This is what mm-hmm. you're guaranteed. you got 10 games or 10 weeks that you're guaranteed. And then everything else is on you guys to make happen to continue our season. But this might be the last time you ever put on a helmet, last time you ever put on pads, and, and meaningful games ever. Yeah. And, and you, you, you relay that every week to the kids, man. And I, it's important to, to know because when you're a sophomore or a freshman, you don't see that the finality you don't, you don't see it. And you get to your junior year, you start to feel it a little bit. And then your senior year, you're like,
0: fuck, you, you feel it every week. You yep. know what's crazy about this group, though, honestly, these kids that we're talking about is I feel that this group took that same statement serious freshman year. Yeah, When senior game freshman year, when that statement was said about those seniors going on and about those younger classmen playing for their brothers, I think at that point a lot of these guys that are the guys were talking about the Frankies, the Lorenzos, the Scots, you know, the the, the Elias, Elijahs, the Elijahs, all these guys. They knew that was a serious statement freshman year. And I think that's why this year is going to be pretty special. You know, what's interesting
1: about some of them guys, though, and maybe why they took it so personal, is some of them guys had. Whether it be older siblings or family playing yep. on that mm-hmm. on that senior year yep. or on that junior year, right? So they are around it a couple of times. I think a kid like Elijah, you know, had Josiah playing for two years True with that. him, and so he understood it because I have Felix exactly. Yep. Uh, Little Berg had Big Berg, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Um, and then Frankie was close with all of them, mm-hmm. so yeah, like he, they, he's they seen understand They understand it, right? They understand like you know, I got to do this for quote unquote my big brother. You know, I got to make sure I bring my effort for my big brother. Um, so it's interesting that you that you bring that up. Four um, A, and want...
0: and and Coach mentioned it. Top dogs. He wants to see top dogs getting knocked off. I think Four A and Five A, honestly, this year we it's all top be, dogs knocked off. We could be talking about it for real, especially with Broomfield. I mean, well, they've they're sometimes flipping. Sometimes a coaching change is a big deal, guys. Yeah. Like it's going to be huge know, too. I think they got a really good coach coming in over there, but yeah. you know, just changing everything is is gonna well you
1: got to get everyone to buy in again right (laughs) like if you change change coaching staffs like i think that's the hardest part and if you don't always have time with seniors you know what i mean like i think back to our first year together at north um when when hannah came in you know it was it was working to get them seniors to buy in Mm -hmm. because you only have them for a short period of time and everything else is your juniors sophomores and freshmen but you know in order to be successful, you need your seniors. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Like, yeah, and you know what? Though might be different though is in, in that case though. Like wh- Hannah took over a team that was it was successful, but it was heavy junior uh, related, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The the seniors that had graduated had very little to do with the success of the For previous sure. year. Yeah, and we had won eight games that previous year.
1: Okay.
2: And Not that, I mean, and I'm not taking away from those seniors. You know the the uh, the frescas of the world uh, that uh, did really good those years. I mean, they they did great, but we were very junior heavy. So really, anybody who took over that program, we were going to win five games was a yeah. floor. But yeah. I think with this Broomfield team, and I was trying to do a little research prior to this, but honestly, I think they were very very senior heavy last year. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, they could be you know coming down to a little bit of a of a shock here now who knows they the coaches staff could be really good and their, well, their and junior class could be really good too you know they do yeah the blitz is great man and they're great from like f- fourth grade all the way up to their eighth grade so
0: yeah. yeah and and but let's keep it real they're playing against Erie right who's also a great team but has a young leader, right? We played against Blake Barnett. Yes, he's great. And huh? Since he was young, he's a good quarterback. They're they have a great feeder program in the area elite. Well, and know, they're so another they're, one of
1: those teams that have been on the on the on the prefaces for a long time, bro. They've been trying to get there. And, and they're ready.
0: And, yeah. You know, and so the the, hen, the heavy senior class of Broomfield, plus the loss of a coach, can be just enough for Erie to finally yeah. make that leap no and, and get over them. You know, so who knows? We can see and, we can see a change there. You also have Palmer Ridge. Yeah, to talk say you about. got
1: you got Loveland and Palmer Ridge with our with our perennial powerhouses in 4A. Man, like that, they'll they'll have something to say about it in the end. You
2: I mean, know, you know who I'm secretly or sneakily kind of rooting for, and you know, it's Northside kid. Uh, we yeah. all coached him. Uh, uh, you know, Anton Medina over at Regis. Yeah, he's yeah, Jesuit. So, uh, oh yeah, oh, that's over five A. Yeah, my bad. No but worries. We're, we're no jumping worries. up
1: Let's there. Jump there. No, since, since you brought up five A. Um, I was I was reading around on the internet and Denver sports media put out a top ten preseason top ten yep. for five A had Cherry Creek one Valley Christian two Ralston Valley three Pine Creek four Grandview five Columbine six Legacy seven Mountain Vista eight Regis uh, nine and Chatfield ten um, Chatfield just made the bump last year up to four up to five A from four A they were the four A champs defending last year. Um, still made the playoffs in 5A. Pine Creek did that a couple years ago, you know, where they were just dominating 4A, finally moved up to 5A. Um, But it's hard for me to be like – it's hard for me to bet against Cherry Creek right now, dude.
0: Yeah, you know, but I think, you know, that rank, that preseason rank, I don't know if it put enough respect on on Regis's name, honestly. To to be frank, they finished fourth last year in 4A. Um, You know, I think – They had a good playoff push. They went and competed against a competitive California team last year. Did very well. You know, I think. They
1: gave (laughs) Creek a tough game.
0: Again, he he mentions Anthony Medina, who I think is going to be. One of, if not the top running backs in Colorado. We mm-hmm. need to get kid. back on here because no yeah, we're going to get him on. We had the, you know, reschedule, but we definitely want to get him on this podcast going forward. But like I said, I think he's going to be, he's been putting in work, man. And he wants to be the top guy ever since we've coached him. He had goals and, and dreams to go to a specific college. You know, we'll save that for, for when he's on the pod. Um, but, you know, shout out to Regis. I think they can definitely make a push, um, you know, Grandview, I think, has a good coaching staff and could and potentially make a push if they could get there find their way in there as well. I just – I don't know what their um, senior class looked like last year and, and how senior heavy they were. But, you know, if they have a lot of the same pieces, I think Grandview could also make a push in 5A. You yeah.
2: know, um, so one team who who I wouldn't – and then they're on here. Of course, they're at number six. And so it's not like nobody's looking past them. But uh, so during the Broncos 7-on-7 tournament, you know, uh, we had Columbine down to the wire, and we should have been in that championship game against them. And their uh, their their quarterback coach or receiver coach, he went on Twitter, gave us gave North a big shout out, gave Frankie a huge shout out, saying the quarterbacks the truth. Um, but it's crazy because Columbine is a run team, mm-hmm. yeah. But they go out and they win these fucking seven on sevens, right? Yeah. And but not only are they winning the seven on sevens. Their linemen are like four-time Broncos linemen champions. Yep. Their linemen are huge. But now they're these linemen have won the Broncos 7-7 seven seven, like three, four years in a row. But they're seniors now. So they've been winning it since they were sophom- freshmen and sophomores. Mm-hmm. All their linemen right now, I'm, I'm telling you, bro, they're the size of a small college or you know a division two college.
1: Dude, all their the, – the, I,
2: th- I think Columbine is going to surprise people at six. I would put them closer to – Three then six.
1: Yeah. No I I definitely don't don't bet against Columbine. Uh, I've seen it firsthand a few times with some of the camps that we went to. With, you know, and they were there. The Englewood camp comes to mind with yep. you know dominating the the the, the weightlifting and, and the linemen stuff at the Englewood camp. And you mentioned it, man. They're they're killing it in these seven on sevens, and they're a run team. And it's because of that beef they have up front. Man, the yep. boys are able to move the ball, and move people off the ball, and keep your quarterback standing upright. And it's always important to be able to be versatile. How you can beat a team? Like, yeah, I might be able to pound the rock, but if I need to, I'll throw on your ass. You know. And and make it work.
0: Yeah. Hey, no doubt. One thing I want to point out before we move on, um, because it would be foolish of me not to, is if you look at every single team that's ranked number one in the classification or the champions from the previous year, every single one of those teams, right, minus Roosevelt, because I don't really know who feeds into them, Cherry Creek, Broomfield, right, and then you got Roosevelt. Those three teams have great feeder programs. Yeah. Right? We talked about um, Erie potentially being up there, yep. great feeder programs. Yep. Yep. A lot of these schools that are consistently good have great feeder programs. Meads, Frederick, you know, they're always good. When we were growing up, who were the top dogs? The Mullins, yep. right? Pomona was starting to make their way up there. And we didn't mention either one of those teams until yep. right now. They're falling. They're starting to slide back because they don't have Mm -hmm. what they used to have is everybody wanted to go to those schools and they had feeder programs. Right. So, you know, I think there is something to say about kids who stick together with their youth teams and go and play together at the high school level. and, And it could really be more successful doing it that way instead of trying to split the pack up. And you see that even with the success that North has happened. You know, um, if that team, that core of kids didn't stay together, how successful really would any of us have been that whole time.
1: It's funny, too, because um, this last – Last past weekend, I went out to Indianola, Indiana, uh, Iowa for a, for a track camp out there, and there was a the football coaches there. And They have a beautiful facility. Mm-hmm. They have a really successful football team, um, you know, playing in the second-highest classification in Iowa. Um, just, dude, the, the facility fucking knock you off the water, bro. They had a field house that had three basketball courts and just an open court mm. that we were able to move into because of the rain came through. But I got to talking to their football coach, and that was the one thing that he kind of – hinted at as being good for his numbers and for their success was their feeder programs. They have such a great feeder program in that small ass town of 15,000 people. Their feeder program is is what kind of keeps the kids coming in. And they, they suit up a hundred kids at that school. And, it's, and he and he contributed most of his success at that school to their feeder program and having great kids coming up in the program so that when they get to the high school level, they already know what they're running, they already know what their, their expectations are of them, and it's not something that there's this learning curve or they have to figure it out or have to learn a new system or something like that.
2: Mm-hmm. And, you know, there, there's something to be said about knowing what you're running and, and you know, kind of knowing the ph- philosophy and all that, but throw all that aside. <clears throat> to me, the bigger thing is there's something about having an excitement or a, you know, years down the line, a desire to want to be be like somebody, Yeah. right? You know, when you're a kid and you're watching, I don't know, WWF wrestling, we all said, hey, I want to be like that guy. Mm -hmm. But there's also a time in in your life, I know when I was young and I saw like an older athlete, an older cousin, I want to be like that guy. Yeah. You know, and so when you have a good feeder program, you know, and you have like this little you know, DJ or something and he's looking at say like a Frankie or a Lorenzo. Yeah. And no one say, hey, someday I'm gonna wear that jersey. I'm gonna be yeah. like that guy. Mm-hmm. That makes your program so much better. Yeah. Because there's no question like where are the pipeline's gonna be. Yeah. If, if there is if there's a disconnect there, it, it makes it so much harder to say where you're gonna pull your kids from. And the good programs to figure that out. We had that for a bit. It got disconnected. My hope is at some point you know, that all DPS teams could find that. Well, and you but that's the hard part is the you, DPS teams don't really have futures have done great for us and it's done great for a lot of the teams. But again, going back to COVID, COVID kind of messed up some of the future stuff too. Yeah. Well you
1: mentioned that you mentioned your pipeline, right? And it's funny because we were talking about the senior class you have right now. Them kids been playing with each other for a very, very long time. They go back to to the Wheat Ridge days. Yep. Right with Dave and um, so them kids have got, got chemistry from just almost a decade worth of playing football together, No doubt. you know? And so that, that's part of the, part of you know, the story to their success too, is being able to have grown up and together, even if it's not the same system, grown up playing football together. So you understand how each other works, how, who's, who's going to do what, all that good stuff. You know what I mean? It's, it's super important to be able to come up with each other and, it's and brotherhood. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. And you know, it also is this school districts let's keep it real like some of the school districts we're not gonna you know bash any specific one but have to buy in a little bit more to the whole concept of feeder teams and 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 helping the high schools support some of that because right now some of the districts make it very hard for the high school staff to really provide any of the you know, access to the high school equipment yep. and things like that, that they can for these feeder programs to really say, I'm a part of that school. It's necessary. You know, dude. and it and it's truly is necessary and it's crippling to the high school programs that don't have that because, you know, they want these feeder programs. They want these youth teams a yeah. part of their organization. They their just ha- don't have the power? Yeah, and their hands are tied. So, you know, the, to the school districts, if we really want to make our schools as powerful as we want to make them, then we really got to empower them to, and, and trust in what they feel is necessary yep. to make their teams that successful. It's
2: it's so hard for us to even get our field when it's not, you know, football designated time. Like, it's yeah. it's almost like it's a public – Oh, it absolutely Sloans is. Lake type field, like it's oh. uh, you know that's a that's for a whole nother podcast. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Trust sure. me, that's son part of,
1: a- of our that's part of our pitch for a new track. Jesus, son <laughs> of a bitch, bro! Like, you don't even get me started. <laughs> Yo, before we move on, man, let me give a shout out to Cutthroat Barbers and Anglers on 38th and Pearson, Wheat Ridge. AJ the Chef leads a team of excellent barbers, providing all the latest cuts in men's hair fashion. The fellas at Cutthroat take the art of barbering to the next level. They've got a chair open for you. Hit them up at cocutthroat.com and book yourself a service. Shout out to AJ and his team over there at Cutthroat Barbers and Anglers. Make sure and follow them on their socials, Cutthroat Barbers and Anglers, cocutthroat.com. Also, shout out to AJ for this, man. Make sure you go check out his booth at Trout Fest this weekend, July 8th at Coorsville from 12 to 6. They're going to have exhibitors, casting area, fly tying, youth activities, raffles, games, presentations, VIP sections, stadium tours, Ballpark concessions will be open. It's free to attend. You just got to go online and register by July 6th, free parking. And uh, it's going to be dope, man. If you're if you're interested in fishing, you're an angler, um, just get down there. Uh, AJ's going to be giving up cuts and all that good stuff on, at his booth. So, shout out to uh, cocutthrope.com, Colorado Cutthroat Barbers and Anglers.
0: Yeah, hey, shout out to AJ and everything he does, man. Not only in the community cutting hairs for all the kids that, you know, need a haircut in in, in certain times, you know, but also giving back as a coach because he's also a great football coach out there too.
2: Shout out Coach AJ. If you need a a wax, see Coach AJ. (laughs) (laughs) So
0: so a lot's been
1: going on, fellas. Uh, You got NBA folks getting suspended for gambling. Man. Um, You know, you got Nicki Minaj dropping an album. You know, you got the – one I brought up because I know this old head next to me loves some old head hip-hop. But you That's had <laughs> Billboard release the the top 50 greatest hip, uh, hip-hop groups of all time. Um, but, yo, with this gambling stuff, dude, how do you guys feel about these players getting suspended for gambling when the NFL is raking in just billions off of endorsement deals and sponsorships from gambling?
0: I mean, I think it's getting to the point, bro. It's it's one thing if, like, you have, let's just say, Patrick Mahomes, right? Gambling that the Chiefs are gonna lose the Super Bowl and then he goes out and performs the worst game of his life—that's one thing, right? That's obvious. We get that. But like, if, if if someone's just like harmlessly gambling out there, like, what what's the big deal, bro? Like, there's so many platforms and way to do, ways yep. to do it now. Like, it's hard not to gamble. One, they, can't the do,
1: they can't even do they can't even do daily fantasy sports with the NFL.
2: So so here's my take on it. And. uh, <clears throat> I uh, can't remember what player just said this recently. He's like, uh, why can't we bet on our own teams to win if we're going to go out there and try to help our team win, right? Yeah. Some One player, I think it was a dude from the culture. Somebody said that. Okay, so here's here's the problem with it. Do <clears throat> you know who, on the team who was hurt prior to any injury report? Who, no. Or who's going to play? Like, There's teams to say, okay, I think this guy is going to be hurt uh prior to the injury report but going into you if you're on the team you know all week he's going to play. You could place a bet knowing hey my guy is going to play. And then if they really start tracking that, let's say Al is on the Colts, but you've been betting on your team this and that, and they start tracking, okay, why is Al betting betting, betting but all of a sudden this week Al's not betting on his team to win. And then he must he must know something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. See, so at that point you can't if you really want to fucking bet, there's ways around it. Have somebody in your fucking crew who knows. no ties you. That'll get your ass suspended, too. Fine. Listen, the bottom line is you can't <laughs> fucking do it, then. Don't do it. Well, and then the other thing they were like, you can't give up inside
1: information. And I was listening to the radio the other day. And I, <laughs> rules
2: are rules. Don't fucking break it. Don't get suspended.
0: True. But that's really an ethics thing, right, at that point. Like, if you're a player and you know your team is in a bad position and you're just trying to capitalize on your on your team's downfall then like <laughs> you're just a shitty player bro well, like, i was i was it's so, so is, it's
2: inside trading it's the same thing with trading you know if you know a stock's getting ready to fall so i was listening on the radio yeah,
1: uh two days ago right and they're talking about the new rule the rules that they laid out in a memo they kind of reminded everybody these are the rules and they're talking about no inside information but wonder if you get out of practice or something and this is the example they used on the radio program i forget the show i, I wish i could shout it out but they they said wonder if you get on and you know, your brother's there, and you're just venting the frustration of the day or of the week. It's been a bad week, not sure if you're going to play. You might be a little banged up. Coaching staff wants to sit you down, you know, and you're just venting all this frustrate- frustration to your brother, thinking, Hey, I'm just venting. And then he goes and places a wager because of the information you gave him. Mm-hmm. Now you're in trouble. Now, now you get potential to be suspended. Like, I mean. These some of these people like I, I get it, like I get not trading inside information, but at the same time I also I also get the example of like being able to vent to somebody and then then them people going and using the information you gave them to go place a wager. Well, you
2: know what they'll tell him? Have better people in your circle,
1: bruh. Come on, don't man. don't have shitty people in your. Come circle. Come on, man. If, I mean, hey. if you if, if you're venting to if you're venting to a, a a brother of yours, like it's your it's your fucking brother. Okay, but that, that's your brother, then. And your brother goes and places a wager knowing and it don't even have to be something malicious. He might just be thinking, Oh shit, that's right. I don't want to bet the Colts this week because bro was just telling me Ow, they fucking, I'm, I'm just playing hurt.
0: devil obviously, that's what they'll say. Bro. But 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 to to coach's point, I, I feel think, it. I think what he's saying is like your brother should know that'll get you in trouble. Right. Right? Your brother no, shouldn't you. go and do that because yeah, yeah, your but brother knows just because just it's gonna get him a bag, it's gonna take a bag. But wonder away from but you. again,
1: wonder if he's not doing it in a malicious way. Wonder if he's doing his weekly pick em. And, and on your weekly pick them you know, oh, shit. We're talking about money. Bro, bro been talking about some shit.
0: I'm not about, betting them. We're talking about money. We're talking about greed, right? Money makes people do things that they said they never would. But, dog, it don't. Remember what you said you would do for a meal last week, coach? I, I remember what I said I'd do for $20, but $20 is $20. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> no. Where's my
1: wallet? No, nah, but, I mean, it's just <laughs> it's frustrating, dude, because, like, you know, you go to the points bet club in 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 ball arena you can go to the to the to the um you know fan duel club in 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 sports authority or in power field whatever it is now you know what i'm saying like you can go to all these clubs and they're making all this money you turn on the nfl how many commercials do you see for DraftKings, kings uh points bet fucking just name the name the bookie no, name I, the
0: bookie yeah like, no i i get it i get it it's all out there it's all in front of our face but that doesn't what
1: about it. the raiders you're a raider fan yeah Boo. you're a raider fan you can't go to a sports bookie, right? Raiders can't go to a sports bookie. But what if they walk through a casino to go get them a bite to eat? Did they visit a sports book? There's a sports book in every casino. They they just can't walk through one. I know. What is that, bro? They can't be inside a sports book. Like you can't visit sports bookies. You can't you can't make bets inside your team facility. But that's because they suck, though.
0: I'm sure that that there's a there's a. There is some caveats that even for teams that are traveling to Vegas, like I'm sure that you can't gamble from a team hotel, bro. Like I'll pull these. I'll no, but I'm saying like, if let's say, let's just say the Dolphins are in Vegas and they're playing the Raiders. Whooping that ass? No, we, no, we're not going to do that. Are you going on another bathroom break? <laughs> Shut up. Yeah. This motherfucker, this is number but two uh, already. But, uh. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey, shout out to Zach Guterres. <laughs> we're gonna get once again and you know the Play Harder Podcast. We're seeing a little bit of what you had to deal with Hey my Zach, brother. he's
1: trying to he's trying to blame he's trying to blame you and your fancy water for all of his urinating, bruh. Yeah, it's
0: <laughs> not that.
1: So look, all right. number one was no betting on the NFL, which is logical, right? Yeah. No betting on other are betting on other sports. All NFL personnel and players are further prohibited from placing or soliciting and facilitating bets on any other professional college or international, world baseball, classic, whatever. That's crazy. Um, in their in their facilities, right? At NF, Or in their facilities or NFL-related events, right? No gambling in the workplace. You can't shoot craps in the workplace. Remember when Gilbert Arenas almost almost got yeah. some shit? There was other ones. Hold on. I got to find the other hey, list. Hey, and,
0: and that's cool. But none of that said that they can't just walk through a hotel that has a, hold a, on, a hold gambling. Hold
1: on, bucket. hold on, dog. Hold on.
0: But I got a question. Does Yo. this... What is the NBA and the MLB and the NHL's gambling policy in comparison to the NFL? Is it more strict, more, you know?
1: I don't know. I don't
0: know. So, look, question. this is that
1: list I was telling you about. Don't bet on the NFL. Don't gamble at your team facility while traveling on the road or staying at a team hotel. Don't have someone bet for you. Don't share team uh, inside information. Um, uh, don't enter a sports book during the NFL season, uh, playing season And don't uh, play daily fantasy football
0: Yeah, see, but I think that's kind of I think when I bet you there's more You know, read between the lines type shit When it comes to that one Especially for Vegas Because you got to think about it When you're visiting Vegas You're walking through tons of sports books In those casinos So, so like, there's nothing you could really do about that honestly. So my
1: question is, dog How do they know these dudes are like Gambling inside their facilities how do they know you know like like using ip addresses and shit like that right like tracking that stuff like the same reason where's but, the privacy
0: the same reason why you got locked out of your laptop at work remember when you had the whole uh, porn debacle that you got in trouble for don't yeah. try to push like, Damn, Damn. <laughs> this motherfucker. Like, I'm just
1: flat. He's like, you remember, right? The whole porn debacle.
0: <laughs> now, now he got all mad last time because I brought it up and it wasn't really Dang. him. Say it again. I, it wasn't really him.
1: Don must have got locked out of his laptop at <laughs> work because of he, the whole porn
0: debacle. No, action. he's trying to figure out how to fix it. <laughs> I won't talk about what's going on. My work with internet, but yeah, there's some shit going on. Here, here's my whole thing on the ball line. Is look for gambling.
2: In, in like no. NFL, we like here. I don't think you should get suspended for smoking weed, at all. Pre- for gambling, fucking, okay. you should your ass to get
1: suspended. Let me ask you a question: Should you get a whole year suspension for gambling on your team, and only six games for slapping the shit out your wife, or eleven games for allegedly? Getting rubber Doing tug. some inappropriate rubber tug action with with masseuses. That's
0: a that's a triggered question yes. because I think that answer, I think Frank would yes. say that you shouldn't get suspended at all for getting a and tug. He said he yeah, said it no. should be encouraged. Hundred percent. not. <laughs>
1: like, I mean, you know, I'm just, no, it, I mean, I'm just being a dickhead asking that stupid ass
0: question. No, no, we all but it, know it's a fair question, right? Because, we know the deal. it's it, a fair question. It will be posed because there will be people who ask: Is it fair that? So and so gets suspended. Is it, for it fair that Calvin
1: Ridley got a got a full year suspension oh. for making five bets on his team, when Deshaun whereas Watson, Deshaun Watson did some of the foulest shit that we broke down on this podcast? He but he, was got
2: eleven
0: games. He, Deshaun Watson. They created a yoga pose after Deshaun Watson.
2: <laughs> hey, so we are recording this. Uh, on video, and Coach Dom is
0: going to do the yoga pose? I will do the yoga pose. It might not be as effective, but as long as after I do the yoga pose, you do Frank the, the, Deshaun the, Watson. the tickle. <laughs> <laughs>
1: problem, with, problem with getting Dom in the in the frame for that yoga pose is we can only get half a Dom in the frame yeah, for the yoga like the white screen.
2: <laughs> I'm going to bet on this. I'm not gonna, I'm do gonna a yoga a, pose. Uh, <laughs> Insider trading.
1: Hey man, that, that it's a, like the, the way the NFL hands out penalties is a disaster. Kind it of is. like a submarine with five rich people traveling to the bottom to see the Titanic. Hey, Did y'all think about that? Well, I think it's crazy that people.
0: You know, <laughs> the segue, right? Would yeah, love, I love it. I love it. Would love to, you know, pay to die,
1: dude. Um, but well, you know, when, once I seen the Logitech controller, <laughs> I'd have been like, "Fuck this, dude! I'm turning around." I mean, bro, But, like,
0: what are you paying to see? Like, you're going down there to drive past the Titanic, not get out or not... Want to like, go see
1: a dead body?
0: <laughs> what are you do? You're just driving past it to drive back up, bro. Like, what the fuck is the, the... What's worth it?
2: You know, the thing is, though, is, like, there's so many other excursions that could take you down there that are Less. in way better, like, uh, ships and safer and are not $250,000. Yeah, a fraction of the cost. Like, they're going down there in... A box controlled by a PlayStation Two remote. Yo, that you dude. know, I and I try to think like, who do I know that would actually do that as that kind of bread? I don't know. I mean, maybe Coach Tiff would go down there. Tiff yeah. would you Tiff, do that? Tiff,
1: might, Tiff, hit up might. DNA forward slash ask DNA. Let <laughs> us know. Would you break bread to go see the Titanic wreckage?
0: You know, what's the crazy <laughs> thing about it is Vita was showing me that they're already trying to, it's like, Sal going down there again. Oh, fuck
1: yeah. And, and guaranteed someone will go down there again, and we'll be fishing them out, trying to find them. Um, I don't think they're gonna, I think there'll probably be some new regulation about, you know, just hopping in a shit box and taking it down to 12,000 feet to go see this. Like, there should probably be some, like, hey, this shit needs to be legit. But dude, rich look, rich people trying to go to space. Yeah, You know, rich people trying to go to the depths of the sea. Like, Hey, rich people, break some bread with the community and, no and just, you know, break them off before you go. Yeah,
0: that there <laughs> should be a law that you once you reach a certain, like, level of finance, right, you have to give back before you start fucking spending your money stupidly like this. Fuck
1: that, Dom. That sounds like communism and I'm not with it. No. <laughs>
2: <laughs> You're right. I don't know, man. At some point, a little bit of, like, baby communism. Like, come on, man. You're just going to blow money and just, like... He said, can I, get
1: a, can I get capitalism with a dash of communism? Yeah, what a sprinkle
2: of it. <laughs> can I get hey, a dash of socialism, please? You know, I, I saw this funny thing this dude put on Facebook, whatever it has to do with the, the uh, submersible. He's like, hey, for, uh, for a little fee, I'm taking people down to the bottom of Stones Lake to see uh, Mike Alvarado's wrecked for <laughs> <150." laughs> I, <saw that> <laughs> I was like, that's a good one.
0: That's hilarious. Uh, you know,
1: they used to scuba dive Dillon, Lake Dillon, because apparently Lake Dillon has like an old town that they flooded to, to make the reservoir over there okay and so um, see
0: i wouldn't even pay to do that who gives a fuck that's pretty cool like dry the nah.
2: drain the lake and we'll see it
1: then if they drain the lake dickhead we ain't got no water it was, it's a it's a, it's, a, it's holding water for us so you yeah can, but like well, really what are you cares? gonna see down
2: there like just some old ass fucking cowboy homes or something
1: just yeah. probably i mean it's shit's probably all right it's gonna look like anyway, pueblo yeah. A little bit like like Pueblo. Driving through Pueblo. It looks like current-day Pueblo. Yeah.
0: It's like, <laughs> a difference, bro. Like, Yo, shout nice out Nice little tr- piece of property shout there. Shout
1: out to True Boxing in Pueblo, man. <laughs> 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 nah, dude, like, um, the other one, too, and it's, this is a fucking tangent, but fuck it, we're here. Um, you ever been to 11 Mile Reservoir? Of course. All right, so that 11 Mile Canyon used to have, like, 10% of Colorado's population back in the day during the mining times. And then fucking...
2: Coach, I'll drop a knowledge. The
1: mountains went dry, bud. And they flooded the fucking canyon. And that's why you got 11 Mile Reservoir. This is just old fucking minor town that's flooded. It was the old ghost minor town that it decided to flood for a reservoir. But yeah. Whatever the shit you learn. Uh,
2: See? Hey, the more you know. Go get your fishing DNA pole. Dog. Sports.
1: You'll be over there. You get your fishing pole. You'll be over there at 11 Mile Learning. You your get shit the too. line.
2: I'll get the pole. I'll take you down to my fishing hole.
0: Whoa. Jesus. On that note. On speaking, that note. Speaking of, <laughs> speaking of, of albums that may. Yeah. Be successful, That's fire, boy. or Dharma's was or, super stoked when he me this one, bro. We gotta talk about it because we talk about hip hop all the time. And we who's do. The, who's the best rapper? We don't talk about who's the best female rapper. It, Nicki Minaj is coming back to try to stake her claim. I'm trying to the get crown. her crown. You know she's dropping a new album. What are your thoughts? Like, is she the best? Who's the best in your opinion? Like, just because they're women doesn't mean we don't talk about it.
1: Uh, we don't Francis. talk about women on this podcast. What the fuck? No, I'm just playing.
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> I,
1: I, Nikki's, Nikki's nice. I like her better than Cardi B. I
0: um, mean, she's yeah. really better than some of the rappers out there. The she's male better than rappers. some, well,
1: yes, I'm, I'm, I will give you that. She's better than a lot of the fellow rappers for sure.
0: Um, even some of the rappers from, from our era. Let's like Queen real. B. Real. Huh. Uh, like what? Like, I think she's better than, oh you are saying is she better than Lil Kim? Yeah. Yes. 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 Yeah. Yes. Yeah.
1: Success yes. wise, definitely. Pre surgery Kim, yes. Uh, I mean, post surgery Kim. Yes, pre surgery Kim. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I don't even know if Kim was the best in our era. Though. Uh, I, think I think Foxy was better Foxy, than Kim. Foxy yeah. Foxy no. might have been better. Better. You had Missy. Eve like, was dope. Yeah, Missy was, was dope. Yeah, like,
1: um, yo, uh, one that doesn't get a lot of respect. Um, uh, like MC Light. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, she was dope as shit. Um, you know, it's, it's the I, brat. The brat was hard. Yeah, the, the brat was sick. The brat was hard. Um, I I don't know, man. I I don't I don't like women. I don't uh, fucking ass. I don't like women. I love them. Um, I don't subscribe to like Nicki style of music though, or Cardi B style of music. I, I like MC and, and you know I I you I, are more of a hip hop. Yeah, type. I'm, I'm more, of a, more of a more of a boom bap backpack kind of kind of you know. I don't care about you know so much about learning your hearing about your pussy popping or or any of that shit. Like I just want to hear lyrics. You know what I mean? Um, so, but Nicki does have bars. She's she's had some really some really good songs, some really successful songs, and I'd say she's probably in her generation. I would argue that she might be the top one in her
2: generation, hmm. in, in her era. I'm a bad one for this because I I couldn't tell you. Well, that's a why song that's why
1: her. the next topic I I you know, was excited to put on there because the, you know it it goes into it.
0: But you know, I mean, I think the thing is is like. Nikki has been the top dog forever, but yeah. I think Cardi is is is, is the one. The, now, the one right now. Like, I don't think Nikki's new album is going to do anything. Would to you touch, consider
1: Cardi to and Nikki in the same era? Because Cardi's only been around what, like, like seven, eight years, if that.
0: Yeah, I mean, Nikki came around a little bit sooner, but. Or do you consider her stripping part of her era?
1: That's. <laughs> Some of her most successful times. <laughs> no, I mean because like Nikki came out what mid two thousands, something like that. You know, she came out around when Drake came out, right? Like, you know, right after, right after I graduated.
0: I still think it's because when you think about hip hop, right, you think about like the nineties and then now the bubble bubble gum rap era, like everything after that.
1: Kind of going to ten ten year ten year kind of.
0: Like so, chunks. I think I think basically Nikki and, and Cardi are within the same.
1: Their eras kind of cross over each other, kind of like uh, Kobe and, and Lebron, right? Their mm. eras kind of spill into each other's kind career. Like
0: Kobe's like the the middle ground between Lebron and, and Jordan. Well, it's
1: like you if you if you took if you took two thousand to two thousand ten, I'd take Kobe. If you take two thousand ten to two thousand twenty, I would take Lebron. Mm. Kobe retired what early two thousand tens, like mm. 20, 12, 13, somewhere around there. So like they spilled over into each other's where they still had. Like, they still have many meaningful releases, right? Like, Cardi B has, has, the, has the platform now, though. She has the floor now, so to speak. Yeah. Whereas Nikki still had meaningful releases, though. And she's had meaningful verses. I think you go through it with, like, all the, all the rappers, you see it, bro, where they just lose interest in, in creating hip-hop records. and They want to do other things. You got Ludacris jump into acting. A lot of these guys jump into acting or, or doing something different. 50's, like, in everything, mm-hmm. you know? And it, it just, you know, at some point you get tired of just – Making music, there's more to you than just music. You want to entertain some of the other things that make you that make you tick.
0: Yeah, I think Nikki just raps to her fan base, and Cardi kind of raps to rap. Well, I see, fan but Nicki, base, but has like,
1: got the fan base. She though, has the bars, where she, right? She releases an album,
0: but Cardi B's just like a rapper. Yeah, to me. But anyway, this next this next topic because we're gonna move on from that. Whatever. Um, is 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 you know, BT did this thing of the of the top. Best group, rap Billboard. groups of all time. Billboard did it, but so did BET. Oh, they BET did the competition did that I sent you. Oh yes, you yes, yes. It? And BET did the the top, the best hip hop groups of all time. And Death Row won. My beef with it is Death That's Row is not, not a rap group. That's it's a, no. label, it's, a label. Label. it's a record label. It's a record label. Right? They had they had like So So Def in there, and they had all these record labels that aren't a rap group. So for the sake of conversation, what is your guys's? top rap group of all time i kind of think i know where Al's is
1: well mine mine lies kind of right in line with this billboard one that released um billboard released theirs their number one rap group group was outcast followed by wu-tang clan hmm. at number two um and i think they had it was outcast wu-tang nwa tribe call quest and run dmc those were the top five on the list now,
0: See, but I think this was made by somebody from our. That's generation. that's what I was about
1: to say. This was made by an old head because you had the Migos as the only like new era group that showed up on it, and they were 11, which was pretty high. You know, they ranked higher than the Beastie Boys, who mm-hmm. some would argue helped hip hop and said, brought it more commer- brought it more welcoming into the suburban area.
0: Beastie Boys being my top three. Yeah, top
1: four. I think I think for me it was hard. Like my my favorite groups always been Outkast though. I've but, always loved Outcasts. I no mean, doubt,
0: and there's one group that isn't mentioned here, and isn't mentioned in a lot of lists. Honestly, because I think they, they beefed within their own group and kind of broke apart. Is or two groups that I could think of that are not on this list. But G Unit is the main one that I was talking about. Is not on this list. Then which that one? was a whole the BET one like? No, they are they are on there. They're on this list. But I'm talking about this Billboard top 5. The, just the top oh, 5. Oh, just the like, top 5. I feel G-Unit is in the top 5 like I don't. Know, the whole mixtape era was kind of sparked by G-Unit and Who Kid and Who Kid. All those fucking mixtapes, bro, they made a lot of fucking good Yeah, but dude, albums like albums together.
1: You had 50 and Lloyd Banks in what that you mean, group. you had
0: Young Buck. They all had platinum every Man. every member in G-Unit had a platinum selling Hey, album.
1: Immortal Technique yeah. said and more and G Immortal technique said album. don't give a fuck if you went platinum. That just means a million people are stupid as fuck. Hey, like it doesn't matter about going platinum. It dude.
0: also means you're rich. It does. So sorry, Mortal, but listen, you lost that yes. argument. <laughs> hey,
2: somebody who says that is just somebody who's wishing they were fucking they had a million stupid people to fall on. Yeah.
0: Not necessarily, bro. But and then what about listen, that just sounds like a bitter person, what, bro. What uh, what about D block?
1: D uh they're on here and they're really low on this list. You talk about the locks, yeah, yeah. They're on here. They're like in the the teens to twenties on this where's list. Dips,
0: huh? Where's Dipset?
1: Dipset's on here too. You, you obviously didn't went through the list, did you?
0: Not this one. No, nah, Dipset's on here too. See, I, me- I kind of gave up on the Billboard list. What about since D12 the, since the top, they're they're probably not on this. They're
1: list. not on that list because Eminem can't carry him too far. His yeah, back hurts.
0: He's already <laughs> on the top fifty rappers. No, I don't know. I mean, obviously, it's hard to really name them because there isn't a lot of great groups. You, you really, when you think about groups, right? We did it with G-Unit just now. Yeah. You only think about specific people. See, G-Unit's
1: number 19 on here.
0: Bro, Even Broadcast. They where, ranked
1: higher than the Locks. Hold up, where's Bone at? They were, like, in the 40s on this list, dude. See, oh, one. no, they're 21.
2: 21. But, Bone has to be way higher than that.
1: They, they well, changed the game, though. It, but I think, I think, like, if you look at this list, bro, th- this list, like, the top five... Are all, all game changers, too, though. Like, OutKast changed it for the South a little bit. You can argue that, like, rap a lot in, in what Scarface and Ghetto Boys was doing. You know what I'm saying? But, but Tribe? Tribe? That's tribe just hip hop,
0: bro. That's like old hip hop. Yeah, man. I don't
1: know that Tribe would be ranked that high tribe on here on my off. list for Run, sure. Run DMC NWA, is though. Off Outk- uh, NWA, they definitely changed what gangster rap is. You know what I mean? It was funny. I was listening to the Rogan podcast the other day. He was talking to Ice Cube. Did they, or did Ice Cube change it? Well, he was part of that group, though. And, and busy, or, or uh, not busy, but uh, easy put the shit together. Like, so, I mean, you know what? Whether Ice Cube wrote all the music or not, uh, you know what I mean? It doesn't matter. The group was still the group. Like, the group success still changed hip hop.
0: Who's better, uh, West, West Side Connection? Who had more success, West Side Connection or NWA? NWA. Hmm.
1: NWA. Because you, you still talk about NWA to this day. Uh, as pioneers and 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 people that changed the game of hip hop.
2: Yeah, nobody talks about MAC-10. but they probably sold more albums.
1: Maybe we can look that up too. But you know, I think I think N.W.A. had. I saw it,
2: Public Enemy in concert once. It was the worst thing ever.
1: <laughs> was it the full group? Uh, no, because guess what? Uh, Flavor Flav was un, was, was Flavor like, Flav didn't show up? Yeah, that that's what I've heard before. I don't know, man. Like these groups are all subjective too, though, Later. because like Love. if it's the old head writing that writing that list, of course, yeah. we're gonna favor. Like, of course, I'm gonna put Migos lower than
0: than I put some other groups. But I've been bumping Migos a little bit. They got good beats. Now Migos, me, I mean, a lot of our problem is like we don't hear like fully try to listen to the whole seen, song. No, I don't agree with that. We don't. We don't. My no, no. problem is, my problem is, is because I enjoy they, they. We like our our generation likes flow patterns. We like more in the pocket flow patterns. And
1: Speak for yourself. We do. You know what I like the most? So I like lyrics. a good story. Yeah, me too. 100%. I like I like I love storytelling hip hop. Like storytelling music. That's why I like country music a lot too. Because there's, it's all storytelling, you know what I mean, um, and and that's what's what's missed with a lot of. Not, and I won't say it's missed with a lot of new music because you get cats like J Cole, you get cats like uh, Jordan Lucas, yeah, you know they do well at telling dope. stories. Um, and, and, and even some of the stuff I listen to from like Twenty One Savage, even some of the stuff I listen to from Amigos, there's some storytelling in there, and I can I can respect that part of it. But I think a lot of the, a lot of cats, the emphasis is more of just catching somebody's head nodding, catching somebody dancing because they make music to sound in the club. Like that's the difference. That's like a different genre of hip hop, though. If you think about, it. that's a different so room saying, of hip hop. We like
0: different flow yeah. patterns. Like we like more of a of a uh, elongated flow flow pattern that ends in a rhyme, like a rhyming scheme. Right, like the the whole entire thing builds up to the rhyming cat, like kind of yeah, ties it in. I mean, but now it's more of a dubba duba duba. I love I love You know, I love like
1: Tech Nine. I love like Twista. Like fucking, you go back to the cats that. He said bone earlier, right?
0: I'm not talking about, like, the, the the beats per minute that you can spit. I'm just talking about the different the differences in what we grew up on as far as, like, the flow patterns to what it is today. It's not the same. Like, even the J. Coles yeah, and the Kendricks, Kendrick's that different. you mentioned, their cadence, like, has them to us, which we think they're the top. We think they're See, some of the best Kendrick that are fan. out there. Other people think that they're probably not in in today's society. Like some of the kids probably are, like J Cole, Kendrick. Uh, yeah, I'd rather listen to Twenty One Savage yeah. or, or or Polo G. You know what I mean? Like
1: fucking Young Dolph.
0: Yeah, but the Dolph problem the problem is, is their lyrics just suck though to
2: me. To you,
1: I I think it's, I think just, I think they get yeah, to a point where they're not really there's no anymore.
2: there's no there's no story to it there's it's just I mean. Catch him in the head, make somebody's head bleed, pop him in the head, and and it's just like okay, you well, could. I was kind of almost a <laughs> fucking. Ignore, on, man. Uh, but but in this Frankie like, D
1: three hundred three, bitch,
2: <laughs> holla. But it's just it's just that over and over. No, and, I
1: feel you. Like if you're gonna tell me you're gonna bust a cap in somebody's ass, make it creative. Yeah, and yeah. you know Talk about the crimson blood leaking on the ground. Hey, hey
2: you know me. Uh, my... my my favorite rapper is the white rapper and uh, the white mad rapper Eminem, but he even makes a song where he's doing the da 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 da, making fun of the guys rapping just like that. But oh, I thought you were
1: talking about Vanilla Ice,
2: <laughs> but he's doing it in a sense where where he's
0: making he's like, I could do this rap just like you. And actually, make lyrics. You know who Dom loves a lot. Yeah, but he even Dom loves He Eminem. even honestly, like, fucking, got into a whole fucking album of gibberish that no one gave a fuck about. It was just Eminem, so everybody. Did it relapse? It. He was like fucking talking about a bunch of random fucking. I'm coming down off of my drug fucking shit. <laughs> I don't know. He's wild too. Like, there was a good era of him. Eminem to me is like Little Wayne. There was a short period of time where they were really great. They're great rappers, they're great lyricists. I'm not going to take that away from them. But as far as their catalog after a certain point to me, it is garbage. Well, you
1: can almost say that about about any rapper. There's a very few that you there's very few that now, you Snoop. But listen, there's very few. Yeah, even Snoop. Oh, oh Snoop you know, stuff. I think Snoop. a lot of Snoop S- stuff
0: is garbage. Snoop is like has the most longevity out of any rapper in the history of hip-hop, of any artist.
2: Uh, not all of it's good. Ooh, dude, Ice Cube
0: what does
1: he put out? LL Cool J, Ice Cube just released that fucking that Mount bro, Westmore Snoop, recently. Snoop,
0: Snoop pretty much puts out an album probably every year. Yeah, but is it
1: good, bro? Just because no, you put not. an album out every year doesn't mean it. You exactly. fucking, It doesn't mean you're making you're making. He hits. makes hits. He does make hits.
2: Uh, last album, you, I don't, he, Music he, to Be he, Murdered he does, By, bro. is amazing.
0: Have you guys done not listened to that? Eminem's last album. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's that just that fire, album. bro. But that was more towards the more. Original Eminem type style of rap, but again, like, like I just said earlier, Eminem though I think some of these dudes get, I
1: think some of these dudes get bored. Like Snoop yeah. isn't just rapping; Snoop is involved in a lot of other things. You know, Ice Cube isn't just rapping; he's involved in a lot of other things. I think if you don't start doing
0: other things and you just keep rapping, you you eventually get bored. Exactly, but a lot of these other dudes kept just rapping. And we suffered the consequence for that. Snoop went to gospel. Snoop went to all these other genres. What the? F- what, what, he, he I want to hear
1: Snoop's gospel. I don't,
0: I'm don't. i not saying it's good, bro. I'm I want to hear
1: it. Snoop's gospel, it! He, he, he
0: bounced around to where we don't have to hear all his watered-down, on-board bullshit. He but smoked so much, we, he actually
2: went to the clouds. We listened <laughs> to guys like Eminem, cannabis.
0: guys like Ice Cube, who stood around and continuously tried to put out albums that were just, eh. I mean, I think we need to get back to the
2: uh, spreadsheet.
1: I mean, <laughs> I think you need to spread the sheets. Whoa. Whoa. Spread, no, I, spread the I button.
2: Mean, it, it, dude, it's subjective. We, it can, is. We can man. have this
1: argument for hours. It is. You guys are. I'm sure. just trying to get you to bash Eminem again so we can get some response because that's the only time people seem to love to respond is when you bash Eminem.
0: Whoa. Well, He's the goat. I mean, you know, people tend to. You're like to, the
1: Kendrick Perkins of the DNA podcast. No, no, no. People <laughs> tend to just
0: like what's what's real, what's true, what no one else will say, right? And no one else will say that Eminem gets a lot of credit that he probably really doesn't deserve, and if it was anybody else, they wouldn't That's get the crazy. same credit. That's crazy. He earned it. They wouldn't get the same credit. He earned it. They wouldn't. That's crazy. Right. Look at Cannabis. No one likes him. Right, cannabis is cool. Cool. He's cool. But he's he also... Not, he's not in anybody's top five or Can argue. you tell me his longevity? He's not. He's been around as long as Eminem. But...
1: What has he done? He's yeah. like an
0: immortal technique. They've been around for just as long. Yeah, you
1: saw, I'll, stack, I'll stack immortal technique up against almost anybody lyrically. But
0: does anybody
1: argue with him in their top five? No, and that's fine. But, again, what are we talking about? Are we going to make a top five, about five of hitmakers? Because if we make a top five of hitmakers, I'm sorry, Tupac ain't in the top five. Big ain't in the top five. If you're talking about hitmakers. I'm not arguing that. Right? But if we're talking about lyricists then suddenly people start making that list. kids start making the list a little bit higher than he did if he's a hit maker, right? So that's, that's all I'm saying. But anyway, shout out. Shout out to hip hop because hip hop is the only thing that brings it's people together. Hey, hip hop, you ever read the Gospel of Hip Hop by Karis one? Yes, sir. That shit is dope. It, it reads like a Bible. It has all these different, like, chapters and books in it. And it just talks about how hip-hop, man, it, 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 its opening is just talking about how hip-hop brings cultures, brings relac- uh, re- religions, races, all across the board, brings them together in, the, in, the, in one common, common room, that's tough. all working together, all building together. And that's what I love about hip-hop. You can argue the same thing about football and, and sports in general, that you bring people from all over the place, all different creeds, all different beliefs, backgrounds. And you, when you mix it together and you get the formula right, it becomes a fucking, a really, really great thing.
0: Same thing with boxing, right? Exactly. And, you know, we got to give a special shout out. Before we get into this next segment, we got to give a special shout out to Icon Boxing and Sales because they're the ones who opened this door for us. So, before we get into anything else, we kind of got to give them them shout out. So, yep. shout out to Mario and everybody at Icon for giving us this platform and, and this kind of avenue to go through. But... uh. Coach wanted to give a special shout out.
1: Yo, shout out to his Squad Promotions for their successful event featuring fights from undefeated Sean Mondragon, Christian De La Rosa, Anthony Soto, and many, many more. Uh, this past twenty fourth of June, man, um, I saw a video from from uh, Anthony Soto's fight, bro. Did you see that video, bro? Dude, so this dude hit homeboy. So hard, it looked like he punched his head off. You, you ever seen uh, Friday the Thirteenth Part Eight? Mm. Jason takes part on Manhattan eight. Part um, Eight.
0: <laughs> so, I, <know. laughs>
1: I, I don't think I've seen a part past Part Three. So anyway, bro, in, in that in that movie, fucking this dude's boxing up two piece and Jason. And Jason's like <laughs> taking it, and then Jason just punches him one time, and homie's head just like flies off and goes rolling. While in this fight, dude, this dude gave him just a stiff straight, bro, and homie's head looked like it went back and touched his back. And he almost—he fell into the ropes, dude. The ropes saved him from falling out the ring, mm-hmm. and then popped back out. They—they—they they, they gave him the standing eight count, dude. But fucking just beat the bricks off, old boy, dude. Hit him so hard, I thought—I thought his head flew about five feet, man. It's crazy.
0: Yeah, yeah, man. It was—it was a pretty good event—an event that you know originally we kind of got presented to maybe you know oh, no. go and commentate and, and be a part of, you know. But you know obligations, you know, we couldn't make that happen but maybe in the future we can definitely go out and and do something with hit squad promotions but um you know, shout out to them and their great event Dom
1: Dom mentioned it earlier shout out to icon for going out to kansas and representing repping mm-hmm. the state out in kansas they took christian and uh project x out there christian got him himself a dub staying undefeated with uh via stoppage um project x took it now but more of a lesson it was a hard-fought match and uh you know, really put in that work. And then them boys got it coming up again this Saturday, dude. Yeah, They got man. Uh, Montez, MCF, and Ezra will all be fighting July 8th at Summerfest Boxing presented by House of Pain and Lifeline Boxing. Uh, should be a fun event that's going to be at 2 p.m. at Lifeline Denver, 1240 West Bay. So might have to go check that out.
0: Yeah. Get it yeah for sure shout out to all them, and you know one thing that that Frank said earlier that we were talking about football athletes and how how young athletes look up to the older high school players yeah. and they kind of they idolize them. The same thing goes in boxing you know we had you know a few a few episodes back we interviewed a lot of the boxers and we had no no. And he was talking about who some of his idols and influences in the game. And he actually mentioned Floyd Cashflow-Diaz as one of his guys that he looks up to. And he also mentioned off-camera Sean Mondragon, you know, two guys that are up-and-coming fighters that no one really you know, Floyd, they know a little more, but, you know, Mondragon is still trying to make a name himself. for himself and yep, make yep. a name. And, and the young kid was like, that's who I look up to. Yep. I don't look up to the Muhammad Ali's, the Oscar mm-hmm. De La Hoya's. I look up to these guys because I know them.
1: Well, it goes back to what Frank was talking about earlier. And we, we've mentioned this a lot of different times. Mm-hmm. And we mentioned it when we're coaching these you know, these high school athletes like, hey, Pay attention to how you step because you never know who's watching you 100%. step. You never know who's like looking up to you, and it's never who you expect. You always expect it to be some of these freshmen or sophomores. You don't expect it to be the youth, and, you know. And and that's important. And I think that's the most important part of the pipeline, right? Is giving somebody something to strive for. You know, let there be a, a, a kid that's seven, eight, nine years old right now that wants to be the next Frankie Dardano at North or wherever he goes to play ball at. Like you got to give him something to strive for. You got to give give these kids something to look up to, whether you know they're looking up to you or not you got to live your life like you the, like they are and that's that's you know that's the great thing about sports man
0: yeah for sure no doubt and you know that that actually is a great segue into our, our next topic of conversation here um and our next topic is what has been your favorite part about coaching over the years and how do you find the energy to keep coaching after so many years we talked about 20 plus seasons coach um you know i think the number is 21 22 somewhere around there but mm-hmm. you know who's counting, but how do you personally find the energy and the time to continuously Yo, keep if,
1: doing it? I'm sorry. I don't want to cut Frank off from going before I cut him off, though. If you start counting how long this dude's been coaching, you're going to start exposing his age a little bit, and we don't want to do that to
2: him. So, mm-hmm. well, so no takes, one's counting. Well, he takes that
0: hat off the top of his head. He's going to expose his age. <laughs> hey, hey,
2: hey, Al's older. Maybe we just talked. He, he just turned 40 in April. so. I, uh, I'll let everyone. I'm about to turn forty here in a couple of weeks. Taking a uh, coach Dom here to Cancun, little Cancuzi trip. Yes, yeah, sir. God, so, God yeah, help Cancun. Celebrating the big forty <laughs> down down in Mexico, so that should be fun. But no, uh, I think I mentioned uh, a little bit of this on the Play Harder podcast. But what am I – so, if you're coaching long enough, you know, you really start to reap some of the dividends uh, of coaching, and you know, some of the immediate gratifications of coaching, you know, is winning, right? You 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 do these kind of uh-huh. things to win. You it's the winning games. But I think my favorite part about being a coach is the the longer dividends that have coming in. Meaning like uh I've had uh you know players who have long graduated who have I've got you know wedding invitations in the mail, I've got cards from uh, kids being college graduates, um, you know, letters saying, hey, coach, I'm now a college graduate. I played four years of college football. I would have never done this if you didn't say on me I was literally ready to be a high school dropout. Like, you know, you think about like, shit, man, I guess I really have made a difference in somebody's yeah. life. It, you don't really and, – and I, when I say you, I, 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 I'm speaking for myself. I, I, I do this thinking – very right at the moment. Like, a lot of the stuff isn't big picture for me. It's, like, right at the moment, thinking, like, I don't necessarily do this thinking I'm going to make some kind of big difference down the road, and I still don't think that way. It's, like, doing this right at the moment. I want to make the best version of this kid today, the best version of this team today. And then when it happens, you're like, wow, I guess I really have made a difference, and it makes it out so much better. But
1: um One, well, I think – I'm sorry, Fran, I don't mean to cut you off, but I think it's the same way with the kids looking up to the older kids, right? You as a coach, you never know who you have looking up to. You never know whose life you're going to impact, even if it's not this month, this year, this right. season. You might something you teach them now might impact them, you know, seven, eight years, ten years down the road in their professional lives. And um, to be able to have that impact, not knowing where where what, not knowing what even kind of impact you're going to have, just knowing that it's going to be an impact somehow, right. and doing things the right way to make sure that that impact is a positive impact in the future for that kid.
2: 100%. Like, you know, and uh, we've all played football at, at some level at some point. And, you know, the beauty for me in football is, is uh, the game teaches you so much more than just football, right? It's it's really a microcosm of life yeah. because, uh, it, at least especially for us, because let's just call it what it is. We weren't the most successful program. We, we had our, you know, some sunny days for sure, but uh, we really had to learn and understand what it means to get to get get up and fucking shake some dirt off your shoulders yeah because uh life ain't gonna fucking be easy man and you, you're gonna get your shit kicked out of you. you're gonna have to get back up and be like hey i'm gonna get back up i'm gonna have a smile on my face i'm gonna get back at it and i think a lot of these kids are learning like hey shit isn't gonna be easy but i'm gonna get back out there and you know we just constantly preach like hey just keep keep grinding keep getting after it and Seeing a lot of these kids constantly coming back and starting to reap some of the benefits, that's also very gratifying. But as far as being able to find the time, like, and I say this over and over and over, like, uh, the longer you progress in coaching, you keep going up in this game, you start realizing, in, even in the, like, pro ranks, you start seeing some of these new coaches, man, they're in their 30s, right? Mm-hmm. So i some of these coaches get hired, they're freaking 33, 35, 38, and it's like coaching is starting to become more of a young man's game. Yeah, a lot and, of time. Yeah, and, and I said this earlier in the, uh, the, the cast, it's, it's because you you got to have a lot of the time to pour into these it's, – it's long hours. And high, high school, it's a lot of hours too. It's not nowhere near as when you start getting into the higher, these higher ranks. But you got to have the time to divulge. And, uh, when you have kids and you have a wife and all that – at some point you're it's going to cause some kind of friction and i just been lucky enough to be like to have a wife at home be like look this is what it is this is what i'm going to be gone this is what you have to do and yeah you know she's been holding it down for so many years and so that's where i find the time and it's it's never been an issue she's out of the four or five i can't six whatever schools it's been um and i could look up on a friday night you know she's in there and you know the purple and gold or whatever there was been the blue and the white or the Red and the, uh, whatever school colors is, in, she's there rooting us on, and um, so that—that's where I find the time. I, I will say, uh, the wick in my coaching candle starting to get a little low. So, um, and saying that's a little emotional, <laughs> but knowing that you know it could be—I don't know—this year in a couple years that I may hang up my whistle. Uh, I just know coaching is always going to be something that I'm going to want to do I I just what level yeah I yeah. was going to say I
1: don't I don't envision you hanging up your you might hang your whistle up for a couple years or even for a moment but I I do you're a coach and I and I can see that and I know whether it be you know down the years down the road coaching your grandchildren you know what I'm saying or or just coaching some knucklehead ass kids from the neighborhood like um, you know, I, I can see coaching in your future. Regardless, you're that, that's what you do in your life, and I know that's not who you are. Only, you know, mm-hmm. you're you're many more things besides just a coach. But good ones always find themselves around the game, right? Regardless of what they say, and you know, it might be a reduced role, but the good ones always find themselves back, man. The ones that have a heart for these young people will always find themselves back, and 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 you know what, we're thankful and we're blessed to have that because. It, it you know anybody can be a coach man like mm-hmm. anybody can go pick up a whistle on a clipboard and and watch some youtube videos and learn how to be a coach it takes special people to be able to deal with different people different young people um different uh types of discipline being different accepted walks different walks of life like it takes a special person to be able to put up with that and then find a way to engage them athletes
0: yeah for sure and and in today's game honestly and in today's world the way sports in general is growing is there's so many avenues to stay involved in sports, right? Being a coach's coach, yeah. There's a lot of coaches out there, who, yeah. like you said, it are just pulling up YouTube or are, are trying to do whatever they can to better themselves as coaches, and they can use. An older coach who can maybe you know they can use the Dardano's mind from from here and there and say this is what I would do or this is how I practice plan this is how I do this this is how I do that you know we go to Glazer clinics all the time and have guys speaking about how they hold themselves you know you know there's always avenues to continuously stay involved in the game Um, you know whether it's being on that sideline or. Mentoring somebody on that sideline,
1: and that sometimes works. it's just hard to get away, and that's what it, is. it ends up becoming. You know what I mean? It's like, an addiction, it, yeah.
2: it is. It's you, you are a literal addict to not just the game, but the the uh, you know, the friendship. Like, one thing you don't know, is people don't understand is uh, and this is what I miss about you, you, and you know, some of the other guys on the staff, and what I really appreciate about the guys on this current staff is uh. The, the friendship right and mm-hmm. so i think about you know we're truly stepping away from coaching what i'm gonna miss yeah. is, is that and what i think was truly cool about this podcast and you know maybe you guys really haven't thought about this but i think one of the reasons you guys kind of started this up is to keep some of that that mm-hmm. that friendship that bondship because this is called us men we need a we yeah. need an avenue to kind of just be ourselves be men and get get a freaking hour a week to let's, Let's just talk sports. Let's get yeah, together. We, let's we
1: need we need each other's fellowship, man. For exactly. Sure, for sure. And I think I think that's what happened with with DNA was me and Dom enjoyed working together. We enjoyed, you know, we enjoyed coaching together a lot. And it was like, well, how else can we figure out ways to, to fuck around and work together? Right. You know, and, and, and it was the, the DNA sports training stuff. It was hey, let's fuck around and podcast a little bit. And when we did this, man, you know, like one year ago to today out on his back patio like there was no fucking expectation of it being anything other than something to support what we already enjoyed doing and mostly was just chilling and kicking to shit the sh- uh, shoot the shit yep you know talk about what's going on and you know maybe help out some you know one of our focuses was helping out like local businesses like you know just plugging them and that's why we plug all these people and you're at you'll hear at the end there's like a, a, a gang of people that we like to plug and it's just because they've done business with us or they've shown love to us in, in certain ways. And it's like, well, how can we return return the favor? You know, our stuff that we've done with Icon, you know, them opening up a lane for us in boxing and, and in sports broadcasting. Like, you know, that's another one where it's like, well, how can we continue to do this? We enjoyed it. We had a good time. How do we how do we continue to do that? And it's to the point where we're starting to try to solicit our services to other you know, leagues, whatever, to, to have us come and live stream your event. You know, mm-hmm. it's like I was telling you a little before we started recording. Like, it's just, you know, when you're, when you're with good people, you want to figure out a way to stay around good people. Uh, you know, you talked about idle time. You know, I think about being by myself. Uh, you know, I, we need self-reflection sometimes, but I'm also a better man when I'm, other, when I'm around other good men. 100% you know, agree with you. Other good it. fathers. You know what I'm saying? Like, that shit, that's how we don't have a lot of options as men. We don't have a lot of options to to kind of, you know, vent with each other, right? Like, everyone, everyone tells us, society tells us we need to just put up with shit, be strong, and, Swallow and deal with it, right? But, it, but it, it was those times where I'm going through my divorce, and I'm talking to Dave, on the football field about shit that I'm going through, Mm. or I'm talking to you about shit that I'm going through. Uh, Dom comes over and kicks it, and I'm talking about shit that I'm going through. Like It was those times with my fellow coaches that I felt fucking the most supported because even though I get love from my family, it was other men, other fathers, and other dudes that have been through either similar situations or – are navigating their own marriage. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was important to have, man. And like you said it just a little bit ago. It's important for us as men to have an avenue to be able to go through and fucking just, hey, dude, this shit's bullshit and whatever, whatever. Or, hey, you fucking idiot, what are you doing? You know, like cracking jokes on each other. Like, it's love, man, and we need that.
0: Yeah, for sure. And, and for a lot of people similar to me, that's hard to accept, right? When I first came around and met the Dardanos, there were certain things that were like, a learning curve for me hugging you know showing emotion and and, and telling someone else I love you and this yeah. and that. like where I come from where we grew up like we didn't do those type of things like we showed our love in different ways like so like embracing support and help and and love was a whole different mm. transition for me so like I had to you know kind of learn how to be like Dom, it's okay to accept help when you need it when you're down and out when you need a job then someone says hey i got a job for you instead of being offended and say oh, i don't need your fucking job you know what i mean Like, yeah. i don't need no handouts you know it was like oh hey I, I appreciate that you're really trying to help me you know what i mean and i started to acknowledge that You know, it wasn't necessarily saying that I wasn't capable. It was just saying, hey, I fuck with you and I want to help you. Yeah, it's not a shot at at your manhood. It's
1: like, let me uplift you.
0: Yeah, man. So to a lot of people out there who are afraid to embrace those type of things, man, like, just do it. But, you know, you you, got to also treat those relationships different than any relationship you've treated in the past and know that people who are genuinely trying to do things for you, you should genuinely return that favor because that's what life's about is not only just getting things done for you but also what are you willing to do for others who do for you Mm. right because we got a lot of people in our life that do good things for us but when it the shoes on the other foot there's people that don't tend to want to try to do that
2: it's a one-way relationship yeah Yeah. you
0: know and 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 that's not the way good real relationships are you know i can tell right now just there are several times in my life recently that i've been in certain situations that i wasn't you know, glad or, or proud to be in that I got in messages from both of you. You know what I mean? Like, so, like, it just shows that, like, good, real relationships are ones that you got to keep. Like, I go through life, anybody who knows me is, I don't have a lot of friends. Yeah. Because I don't call, I don't use that word, you know, because once you get to a certain point with me, you're family. Yeah. So I have acquaintances and I have family. Mm. Like, everybody who's at this table to me is family, right? Because I got some family. Who truly aren't family. Yeah. Right? Because family, you know, it, it isn't based off of blood No, to me. It's based off of loyalty. Yeah. It's who, who, right? You choose it. And, and and I feel like my circle now is a bunch of people who I know got my back.
2: You know, they say as you get older, your circle gets smaller. But, you know, one, one thing for me, and it's it's kind of been, I guess, true my whole life, is sports is uh, – mm-hmm. uh, uh, more in general football has given me an avenue to really showcase who i am internally and that is i am I'm a very emotional person who wears his heart on his sleeve where you know in football you're allowed to get you know loud and uh you know maybe shared some tears or uh scream and this and that And if i'm being honest that's sometimes i need that right yeah, and yeah. so that's where i get a little nervous like thinking what am I going to do when I don't have that, you know, when, when I don't get to? So, like, these last four years being able to coach my son, and there has been a part of me where i thinking maybe at some point I just wanted to be a dad in the stands, right? Yeah. But when I – because now I'm, I'm starting to think it's getting to the end. This, this is his last year. These, this has been some of the most amazing years of coaching to be able to witness some of the stuff he's done um, firsthand on the sideline, you know, and to know that that's coming to an end. And this is where I think your guys' podcast is beautiful because uh, a year from now, I'll need this outlet, mm. right? Yeah. I'll say, hey, guys, I need to get back on here. I need to talk about something because he's going off to college or uh, I need to go somewhere and just talk about something because I, I, I'm not going to have that outlet anymore. But f- sports in general allows allows you to, you know, get those emotions out because, Otherwise, sometimes you just, like you said, you're we're expected to hold it in. You're expected yeah. to just sit on it. And uh, as human beings, that's not who we are. Well, we
1: don't – I think sometimes we get caught up in not wanting to be a burden. And, you know, we understand other men have shit they're going through, and you don't want to be a burden with your problems to them. And, and you know, I think, I think we get caught up in that. But at the same time, it's just – it's important to be able to have an outlet. It's important to be able to understand that you're not the only one going through bullshit. Sometimes when you get to talking to somebody about your bullshit and you find out they're going through more bullshit, you're just, just oh, you're yes. like, oh wow. Get, I guess I don't got any problems. Like I guess I'm not going I mean, even though I'm going through shit, I'm not the only one getting beat up right now. Like there's other folks getting beat up too and you know, maybe I can, you know, let me help that person. You know, and then helping them, they help you. You know, I, I tell my kids all the time that I coach. Like, I get more out of coaching by helping y'all than I do, you know, than I think they do. Like, mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm selfish about it. Like, I love the way coaching makes me feel because I love helping young people. You know, I love working with young people. And in, in, in the same way that Marquez, Mo, Leo, in the same way they worked with us. Yes. I You know, I feel the obligation to have to also help them in the same way because without them mentors you know who knows how life turns out you know you get people in your life for a season that's it and sometimes that's all you need mm. and you know shout out to them guys i mentioned I'm, I'm trying to get mo on here we've been going back and forth i'll get him on here oh i we I, we were during the track season when i was trying and now nah, what they locked in yeah, them boys, them boys and girls are cold. We'll
2: get Coach Marquez on here too. Yeah, I'm down. He, he's so good at this.
0: So I guess the second part of that question is, how do you find the energy to keep going after all these years? And it sounds like the consensus for all three of us is, somewhat the relationships, right? Yeah, the, relationships the bond and the you build within this sport. Like we all just sat here and mentioned like how football is is enhanced our lives as far as relationships we have kids and players who come up to us constantly and say you made this impact on my life and for me that's why i coach right to 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 be the outlet that i had and to maybe be the voice that helps kids from making the same choices that are different choices than i made as as a kid you know i want them to go down that same route Mm. and to see kids you know, you know me as a coach, so I gravitate to the kids who are most likely to fuck up. Let's yeah. keep it real, and, yeah. and 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 who have you know behavioral issues and. I think we gravitate to those
1: ones we see ourselves in. Going
0: going on outside, you know, so like. North's graduation this year. There was two players in particular that you know I'm not going to mention names, but you know came up to me and kind of you know expressed their gratitude for the impact, not even as a coach, just as a person in their life, Mm -hmm. you know. And and that meant a lot, bro. That's the best feeling. And and one of those kids, I'll be honest, I didn't, I didn't expect to hear that walk. No, not even watch him walk Mm -hmm. and graduate. This kid has been through a lot of trials and tribulations from high school and, you know, a lot of self-induced ones. Yeah, know? yeah, for sure. Um, But, you know, he, he's been through some trials and tribulations and, and, and you know, afterwards I'll tell you the name and I guarantee you none of us expected him to walk, but he yeah. did it and he accomplished it. And, and afterwards, you know, he wanted to thank me and he doesn't owe me any thanks. Yeah. You know, because he's the one who put in the work. But those are the reasons why I love coaching is because those things – mean a lot to me when someone says coach if it wasn't for you i don't think i would have did this mm. even though it's not true that's far right. from the truth because right. you did this on your own and you know that's who i'm talking sometimes. to if you're listening to you know who i'm talking to you did this on your own but i appreciate your comment and that's what keeps me going personally so thank you
1: yo with that being said man we've been going two hours dude yeah i think our first episode we did an hour and 40 minutes or something like that on the very very first one so to top that is pretty cool but, you know, we're going we're gonna to get to our mailbag question. Yeah. All right. We had, we had a little bonus mailbag question. And, you know, sitting with these great coaches, I know we could sit here and talk about this stuff for, for hours. All day. For hours. And it's just a blessing to be able to have that with people. Um, but with that being said, this is our one-year anniversary, and it is also America's birthday. And it's yeah. the 4th of July. So I want to just ask you guys, man, what does the 4th of July mean, holiday mean to you? And and why? And
0: mm-hmm. I'll
1: start with Dom, and then we'll move to Frank, and then I'll answer last.
0: Yes, sir. I was actually hoping that you would uh, okay. not start with me. Let's but go, we with, our go, no, we go um, with our guest. we go with our guest first. The 4th of July to me, man, means <laughs> a lot. But I feel like we are kind of far away from what it truly means. Um, as a as a country, I think we're probably the most divided that we ever been. You know, these last few years were – getting more and more divided in my opinion and to me it's the 4th of july is about unity within the country about freedom you know about celebrating the fact that we have certain liberties and and you mm. know certain things that that we can do that other places don't get to do you know um and so for me that's what the 4th of july is however i do feel that we're getting i away from that. i feel you
2: no no and uh you know, you kind of touched on some of the stuff that I was going to say. Like, here's the deal: Fourth of July, growing up, uh, I'm I'm a summer baby. Birthday's here in a couple weeks. Fourth, of July used to be my favorite holiday. You know, and it's it. I, I teeter back and forth between that and uh and Thanksgiving, uh you know Thanksgiving, my the football holiday and all that. And uh, I, I just think that the the beauty of Fourth of July and the the nostalgia of it, thinking about warm summer nights and the fireworks and uh, baseball games and I can smell the hot dogs on the grill and all that it's just <laughs> the the beauty of 4th of July is 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 like no other but yes I think right now uh, there's a lot of things going on politically in our country that leaves a, lo- uh, a lot to be desired but in the grand scheme of things we are still so blessed we still have way more freedoms and everything than Everywhere else, right? So, yeah, it, can things be better? 100 can things be better in everybody's life, yes, yeah, I always. But, see. uh, I, I know right now I'm a proud American, uh, so I, I I say this, you know, from the bottom, our happy birthday, America, happy before, uh, or happy 4th of July, everybody. I hope everybody ends up tomorrow tomorrow morning with the 10 fingers, you know, <laughs> that everybody stays safe. But, I, I, I do feel like, uh, it, it's lost a little bit of its luster. Like, I think about it, I like maybe I'm a little too nostalgic but i feel like when we were younger like fourth of july seems like it was like a that scene out of uh the sandlot right yeah where they're running down the uh the uh, whole neighborhood the whole neighborhood and they're i I honestly feel like as a kid that's how it was maybe i'm full of shit but uh you know i I said i just wish we can get back to there. Uh, That said, though Fourth of July, it it means a lot, and I can't wait to celebrate it tonight.
1: For me, it's the greatest holiday there is, man. Mm. I love Thanksgiving, I love Christmas, and I love being with my family. For me, Fourth of July is where it's at. Um, Not only do we get to celebrate, you know, the the, you know this country being what it is, and say what you want about the division, say what you want about where we are politically, it's still the best thing going. Um, And I'll argue that to my death with anybody, sir. you know, I, I think there's a stigma on being patriotic and I don't think you, there should be and there needs to be. I think you can be patriotic and you can care, care about the community and care about others in the same way. That's what this country is. That's what this country has done over the, over I love the 200 plus years that it's been around. It's been proud of itself, mm. but it's also lifted others up and gave others hope and gave others dreams to achieve more than they ever thought they can achieve and to be more than they ever thought they can be. And um, to me, it's gonna be the greatest holiday ever get to get down with our families grill up some great food blow some shit up try to keep all of our fingers and hope that we don't blow our fingers off and it's also a reminder of everything that people before us have sacrificed Mm. and to give us this opportunity to be able to talk freely be able to practice whatever religion we choose to practice there's a damn church called the church of cannabis in denver Mm. and it's a legit be able to have your own podcast We've got these freedoms because of people's sacrifices before us, and you know the Fourth of July isn't the holiday that commemorates all them sacrifices, so to speak. You know, but it's one that should definitely be noted as is giving thanks and paying homage to the people that came before us and sacrificed before us, and so that's what it means to me, man. Proud American, proud of our freedom proud to be able to sit there and argue with other people that don't agree with me and that's fine like it's awesome that we get to do that and we can do that on a on a on a public platform and not have to worry about you know being imprisoned because of what we think about yeah. the government being able to say ftg no doubt and not be locked up or put away because we said fuck the government no doubt mm-hmm. you know what i mean and it's been it's and that's what that's what america is to me man and that's what fourth of july is so on this you know, anniversary of the DNA sports podcast one year, baby. Um, You know, I appreciate you guys, Frank. I appreciate you hopping on and getting with us, but we're going to close it out and we got to close it out. The way we close out every single podcast that we do. Shout out to my boys at icon sales and boxing, anytime flood restoration, the play harder podcast rebels, promotions, black sevens, Janice's catering, lash, all beauty, cutthroat barbers and anglers
0: and dna sports denver.com make sure you go to the website check out a podcast buy some merch check out our social medias we're on ig we're on facebook we're also on youtube so make sure that you follow us like like comment and subscribe to the notification gang any special shout outs for you frank yeah hey uh
2: to youtube man you guys are killing it listen i'm grateful thankful to be on i want to come back have me back on. Don't make me wait another fucking year. You understand? <laughs> <laughs> listen, let's do this again. Uh, hey, shout out Devonors Vikings. Shout hey, out. Hey, listen. You know I bleed purple and gold. I love all you guys. Uh, to my wife, everybody. Hey, happy 4th of July, y'all. Happy 4th of July, everybody. And with Frank being here,
1: shout out to Class of 2001. Let's baby, go. Baby. 01. Let's go. We out of here, man. Old hands. Hey, happy 4th of July, y'all.